Welcome to episode 587 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 587 of I Am Talk with Coach John Houston and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm very good, Bevan. And you? I've had a busy morning, John. You're on to it. I had to get up early, I had to get the show notes done, and then went for an 80-minute run with a good, good 10, 15 minutes at 10K. Nice. And then 30 minutes at race pace. Very good. Yeah, it was a good challenging run. And then I had to teach a sprint class, rush home, come in here, I'd set up the gear. John was already here. I was sitting outside for five or ten John minutes. John was naked, so luckily she put some clothes <laughs> on for you. Or maybe unluckily. Yeah. And then uh, and then we're here and we're doing the show. John, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by? Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our patrons. Let's name a couple Jombo. Phil, the material, no, we call him the Philinator Patterson, not the material provider. Are you, are you finally losing that, are you? He, he doesn't like it. Well, fair enough. And the Philinator rocks. <laughs> and he's, he's training pretty well as well. I've been watching him on Strava. Oh, okay, yeah. Because yeah, where's that? must have been a couple of weeks away, isn't it? Auckland Marathon's two weeks away. So he's tapered now. Uh, well, f- I think he's still building up that training. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's not how you plan a race or training plan. <laughs> uh, James Pickard, age, age of Danger or Hot Lips? What, what, what do we have to do there, John? Uh, I think he must have just been a regular contributor to the show. There we go. And, and Thierry, dirty little secret, Bessidy. Oh, oh, that's a good Bessidy. Yeah. What a name. Kiwi's even John Newsom, even Isles. Bessidy. <laughs> anyway, guys, in this week's show, it's all about Kona. It's going to be a Kona review. We've got some interviews, mainly with age groupers, um, because we're not there this year, so we don't have the access to the pros, but we're going to have lots of age group interviews, uh, which kind of brings another perspective to it. So, Jonbo, let's get into it. John I saw nothing. You saw nothing? So here's my day. I'm, I'm, I'm in Auckland training in fitness instructors, how to be fitness instructors, and I, I didn't even get a chance to let go online till the run was started. Right. And I looked at it, and I thought, and Sanders was in the lead, and I, I, Porno texts me at the same time, and he goes, Frodo's out. I'm like, Frodo's out. Yep. And then I Everybody's looked, picks are gone. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I looked at the results. I thought, oh, Sanders has got this because at this stage he was quite fair. He was about two or three minutes in front of Keenley, maybe. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, it's, it's, what can happen here? Went away, did a couple of hours. Went, 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 what happened? <laughs> so I really don't know anything. So tell me about it. So um, in terms of the coverage, uh, no, in terms of the race, I was going into this race with a bit of a pessimistic outlook thinking, yeah. Well, pessimist isn't because it's going to be boring. Yeah, I'm just thinking, Frodo's, he's just going to crush them. Mm. You know, he can be, he can ride with anybody pretty pretty much. And even if he's a bit down coming off the bike, he's probably still going to walk away with this. And kind of thought the same, well, definitely thought even more so with, with Daniela Reeves. So I was thinking, uh, is this going to be much of a race? And is the coverage going to be great? Because the camera's just going to be on them the whole way through. Oh, how I was wrong. And I love Oh, how you were wrong. <laughs> I enjoy being wrong in some instances, unless it's you that's right and I'm wrong. <laughs> it's the only um, time. Outside of that, uh, very happy that I was very wrong and best Kona we've had in for, in a long, long time. So uh, very, very pleased with the coverage and oh, the coverage. Uh, no, uh, the, the race uh, and it was one of those races where I watched the majority of it and you didn't feel like you could go away because you fear of missing out. You thought, oh, if I go away, FOMO, I mean, John, that's what you call it. And FOMO. I did go away at one stage and this was uh, when they were coming towards the end of the Queen K, the guys, and the bike group was 
still they're still a couple of minutes down on getting the front. This is the big bikers. So I thought I'll go away. I'll, I'll come back. They'll catch them at some stage. Next thing I come back and Sanders is at the front, and I hadn't been away that long, so uh, I did miss out a little bit there. I was a bit annoyed about that. So, so, so talk me through. Well, hold on. First thing we've got to say is last week we talked about um, the podium, the need to be on the podium before you can win, and I think Again. most of us thought. Sanders is going to have this on the run, and maybe that theory's out the window, but proved to be right again, because Patrick Langer has been on the podium, and then he went on to win the race. So that, that what was it, twice? It's only happened twice where it was someone who hasn't been on the podium. I think so, in, in sort of more the modern yeah, era. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, Chrissy did it, and who was the other person? Luke Van Laird, uh, and I can't think if there's any anybody else. So it really is a race of getting there first onto the podium and then taking your lessons and then yeah so because you would have picked Sanders because the thing about Sanders and I I spoke to someone yesterday David and David was saying he watched a race and Sanders was hurting you know when you looked at Sanders in comparison to Langer but Sanders can hurt Mm. he's probably one of the toughest athletes in the sport absolutely you know so we'll go on to what he looked like later on (laughs) tell me about it so um a lot of you guys will have seen the coverage, but a lot of you may have seen bits and pieces. So for those of you who watched all of it, some of this is going to be telling you to suck eggs because you've seen it already. But uh, in terms of the way that the swim panned out for the girls, it really was a case of Lucy Charles and Lauren Brandon absolutely smoking everybody. Went very, very close to the, the course record. Um, I just found it fascinating at the end of the swim when the two of them were coming along the pier, they were Gunning it, uh, it looked like a full-on sprint to see who could be first Is out of the swim. Uh, I, I assume there must be. They don't, they don't really, really promote talk it, it up, do they? But in terms of your sponsors, there's yeah, definitely true. a sponsorship bonus. Uh, so Lucy Charles ended up edging out Lauren Brandon, and they were com- They came. They swam up and came through the pack of Sanders, Keenlay, and all those oh, guys. Oh, really? You know, so they swam. And what was the gap? Five minutes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it would have would have been five minutes. So exceptional swimming by those girls um, and in terms of the guys swim Josh Amberger just went out solo and uh, had, a, had a nice big lead what surprised me about the guys swim it was a ginormous pack so uh, like Potts and that didn't get away Potts didn't get away Potts was, was sitting in there I saw a post-race interview with him and he said he was doing a little bit of backstroke uh, yeah yeah because he could have got away he just wanted to sit in there and, and be in uh, be in the group. He, he really figured there wasn't much point going out there and, and expending a lot of energy uh, out the front. And he just sat in and uh, yeah, he was he was towards the back of the pack, which was kind of odd. So yeah, just had Amberger off the front and a massive massive pack coming out. And yeah, probably the main surprise on the guys' side was how big that gap was back to the bikers of Keenlay and. Sanders. Oh, so it was quite a big gap. Was Six it? Six plus minutes. Was it because the pack was bigger? that maybe the bigger pack was able to work faster? Uh, I just think that the the moderate swimmers managed to latch onto the back of that front pack and the ones that were just a teensy bit off didn't seem like there was anybody in between and so you were kind of screwed. So did you think at that stage, you've got the big pack, Uber cyclers, probably some Uber cyclers in there, then you got six minutes back. Did you think, shit, this is a big problem for Keenley and Sanders? Definitely thought it was a problem, and they were going to have to exert a lot of energy to, to make their way up. Um, but I did think the size of that pack was also going to be an advantage for the cyclists in terms of they wouldn't necessarily be organized. drilling it yeah. and organised. And so they're still going to have to ride really hard to get to the front, but some of those guys up the front are going to have a little bit of an easy ride. I uh, saw a comment of uh, Patrick Langer post-race, and he said it was very variable in the pack on the bike. 
um, on the way out. You know, see there was you know one minute you'd be going 350 watts, one minute you'd be going 150. You said there was oh, really? uh, massive variability. <laughs> so, so yeah, so it, it, pretty interesting in the swim. Really good conditions. Both the males and females went very close to the course records. Uh, and, and I think from last year they they. I've been told they did move the swim boy positions a little bit, and Apparently a bit long. Yeah, and we're we're seeing times now that are that are pretty competitive, um, and uh, it's a couple of minutes quicker than what it has been in previous years, both for the males and the females, and for. And the are we hearing groupers. it's accurate? Uh, I haven't actually looked at any files yet. Okay. I'll, have, I'll have a look in a moment. Okay. So then rolling onto the bike, um, Lucy Charles. Rolling onto the bike. <laughs> massively impressive. She just got on the front and just rode 180k solo TT with Lauren Brandon on her wheel for uh, for the majority of the ride. Very, very impressive. Young girl, she's only 24 years old. She's only 24. And just laid it down, you thought... I think she's going to maybe just a little bit too hard here and you're going when's Daniela Reef coming she was thinking the same thing the gap was staying the same the whole way Daniela Reef was riding along with with Sarah Crowley glued to her wheel and not saying she was drafting no, whatsoever but, but just yeah, sitting in not behind doing any front work. and uh and the gap wasn't coming down and then all of a sudden just in the last bit wasn't it 140k mark roughly so sort of back on the Queen K Daniela Reef thinks oh, this race I'm going to lose it if I don't go for it and she just drilled it. So it wasn't that Crowley was slowing down, or Charles was slowing down, it was more that Daniela picked up? It was. A, I think it was or a combination. small combination of the two, but it was much more so that Daniela Reef picked it up because she then put a good three to four minutes into uh, who she was riding with, Sarah Crowley. So it was probably a, a little bit of a combination of the boat of, of both. Yeah. But geez, man, when she passed her, it was it was just towards the end of the bike. Um, it was close to town, and I don't know how much time she put into it. it was you know, it was a minute or two or something wow. like that. She just went past her like she was standing still. Wow, that's awesome, isn't it? And just so smooth and so powerful. So I was thinking as the girls were going through the bike ride, you know, if Crowley can stay with the reef, um, this could be a very interesting run because she'd had an exceptional run at the ITU World Champs, um, Sarah Crowley. So I still thought reef was strong favourite, but I thought we could have a race on mm. here. And uh, equally, you know, if Lucy Charles stayed out the front and still had five minutes, you're thinking five to six minutes, probably not going to be enough, but it's going to make a Who race knows? of it. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, interesting ride on the, the girls' side of things. And as you'll hear from Jocelyn McCauley a little bit later in the show, you know, that race, as we sort of thought, the race for the top 10 was really interesting. There was lots of really close racing, lots of positional changes. So, uh, yeah, really, really interesting ride on the girls' side of things. Uh, the guys... Um, the way they do the coverage over there, you know, it's only focusing on first or second or third in the group. And you yep. kind of, I was watching, sitting there going, oh, I wonder what's going on behind. And I wonder did if they have the GPS dropped. thing so you could see? You did, but when they're all that close, yeah. I, I wasn't really paying too much attention to that. So the way I was watching it was the live screen and then just the, the, um, the not the tracker, the uh, sort of the blog yep. sort of clicking over so you'd get the occasional um, update on, on uh, when they go over a timing map of, of positions. And I didn't realise until they got to sort of Kauai High how big that group still was. They did this aerial shot, and it was this massive line of riders. Really? It's like holy smokes! No wonder that's a scary place to be as, a, as an athlete, but isn't it? Because yeah. you're at the back of that. 
try to get to the front, your power is just going to go through the roof. Mm. But you're so vulnerable to the people in front of you, aren't you? Mm. One guy cracks, yeah. they fall away and you're screwed. Yeah, and you've got to do some hard work to get around them. So, yeah, I was very surprised when they got to Kauai and uh, that was happening. Bevan, you wouldn't have seen this and our Kiwi listeners will be interested in this if you weren't watching the coverage all the way through. Braden Curry was leading the race. Um, I did sit on the news. I had on the news. I was sitting there shaking my head going, what are you doing? I did think that. I did think, why would he be at the front? So great swim by him, and it's in some ways you go, take my hat off to you, you're getting out there and you're giving a good crack, but if anybody's watched this race, getting on the front on the Queen K, I've never seen anybody pull that off uh, from that pack and go on and have a fantastic result. I think he would have been much better advised to be doing that on the way back or on the way up to Kauai High. But I guess at the same time, you're thinking, I don't want to get a drafting penalty. And he did end up getting one, didn't he? So he got a puncture. On. So unfortunately, the unfortunate thing for Braden was got a puncture and then got a penalty. Yes. So he kind of was taken out of the race, unfortunately. Yeah, so it was a real shame. But he was up there leading. He did look like he was putting in a fair amount of work. He may well have still been in his zone. Um, the other interesting one for me to see up there was Tim Reid. And I thought, oh, okay. oh. Maybe Tim Reid has been really focusing on this and he's going to absolutely fire up. You know, he's got the credentials to to do it in terms of a short course and I thought, I wonder if he's going to fire up. And then he got a puncher as well. <sighs> so he got penalised for getting up to the front, both those guys. It so that sucks. was a shame because uh, two, two, two sort of favourites that we would have liked to see do very, very well. So, yeah, the, the story of the rest of the ride, for those of you that didn't watch, was uh, that pack of a pack formed of Sanders, Keenlay and Cameron Wirth, and uh, I think also Boris Stein was with them for, for a good chunk of the time. Did you say Sanders? I think I said Sanders. Anyway, okay. he was with them. They rode that six minutes up to the front group. Uh, How long did it take them to get there? They got there. Well, I missed the actual catch, so I don't know exactly when it was. It was somewhere close to Kauai High. So you're only, yeah, what, what are we talking, sort of 70 k's, 80 k's into nice. the ride? It's drilling it. Oh. So that was a huge And did they just ride past or did they sit I in for a bit? I didn't see that part, you oh, see. You, you, so, John, you had a job. <laughs> but I came back and they were at the front. and But the pack did stay with them uh, for, for a good chunk of it and especially up to Harvey. There were still a lot of contenders with them. Things were starting to, to spread out. And then they, as we sort of mentioned last week, they dropped the hammer on the way down from Kauai, uh, from Harvey and uh, and Sanders got dropped from the front too. Oh, did he? And it was just... Uh, Keenlay and Worth out the front, and then so where's Frodo at this point? He's still with the uh, towards the front of the pack. You know, he was he was always positioning himself towards the front, and you're thinking, Playing the game. that's all he needs to do. Mm. You don't need to do anything else. And uh, and then Sanders, I saw him post race. He put in a 15 minute effort at 350 watts to get back on the group of Keenlay and uh, Worth and managed to do that uh, and that's when the race really started to spread out and those guys uh, built their lead going into the run. So uh, at this stage, you know, you've got no word on really on Langer. You think... Uh, He's obviously in the pack. But he, he, was, he, was he, in the, he was in the next pack back. Oh, was he? Because um, he had a good swim. Yeah, he had a good swim, but they got their socks blown off on the you know, on the way up to Harvey and the way down from Harvey. Is Langer traditionally a slightly average swimmer? I mean, biker? Uh, he's he's not a, a weapon, but he's he's good. Okay. You know, you know, you would have expected him probably to be a little bit further up the field. So at that stage, you're kind of going, well, one of these guys, these guys are going to need a pretty big lead off Frodo off the bike, and it was really starting to stretch out. And I'm thinking maybe they've got a chance here. You know, Frodo doesn't have an exceptional run. These guys, if they get three, four minutes, they're going to have a chance there. Um, I wasn't even thinking of Langer or any of those other guys. You know, he must have been. 
you know, coming off the bike, I'd imagine... He was 14 minutes behind the front pack. 14 minutes, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Massive. You know, you know, these guys aren't uh, three-hour-plus runners. So coming off the bike, my thoughts are these guys have got a very good chance of going sub-eight hours. You know, they, they're going to have to run one of those uh, Keenlay or... Um, or Sanders have got the ability to run 250 or under, and if they do that, we've got a, a sub eight-hour race on. And so I thought that was really, really on. Um, I, I would say that I thought Frodo had been completely smoked off the back at that stage, but then when they came off the bike, he wasn't very far off the back. And so then my thoughts changed again. I thought, oh, Frodo's—he's only you know a minute or two back here. He should be able to take this. So where did he, what, what time did he come in on the end? And and then he he came in, uh, he still ran like like 9.15 9, or something yeah, like no, that. Yeah, so, so he came off the bike in 4.20. So he was he was still, like, right, Lang, was Langer, the money. Lang was eight minutes behind Frodo, basically. Mm. No, I, th- I, th- I still thought it was uh, Frodo's race to, to lose. To, to lose and, uh, but the other guys had, had a chance at least. Uh, so then rolling on to the run, um, I'll talk through. So in terms of the girls' race, by this stage they got off the bike. Reef, Reef was in front and you're thinking, Lucy Charles is not going to run her down. She's not as strong a runner, but she might hang on to do a really good result. And you're thinking, there's nobody else here that can, mm. can really run anything into Reef. And she just uh, was hugely impressive. Ended up with the fastest runs for the day. For someone who's not a... A beautiful, natural-looking runner. For her to have the fastest run spell of the day is exceptional and uh, very, very impressed. However, I would say that she's probably want to go two seconds quicker. Yeah, I saw that. But I wonder in the shoot, she probably lost it in the shoot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, she did three hours and two seconds. And... Uh, but she must have walked a bit of that, you know. She, yeah. I don't think she's that concerned. No. But it would, if I won nice. the Ironman World Championship and I did a three, a three hour and two seconds, I don't think it'd be great. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was a fascinating battle for for the podium. You know, you kind of thought Lucy Charles was going to fade more than what she did. You know, she doesn't have a history of uh, great runs. You know, I, th- I think typically it's she's a big a, result for her, isn't it? Yeah, I think typically Massive. around the three fifteen mark for her, uh, and she pulled out a three oh eight and ended up hanging on relatively comfortably for uh, for second. So Sarah Crowley was in, in third place. But great battles. I'll go through the top ten well, shortly. What's interesting, if we look at the men's times, if we, as an overall, pretty fast racing. Mm. Girls' times, pretty traditional times. Sure, Daniela did an 8.50, but we've seen a lot of that recently. Mm. You know, it seems like it was a pretty fast day. Maybe the girls' times weren't representative of that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would, I would go along with that. The, the guys certainly lit it up on the bike this year. Because we've got what well, I think two people. So what was the old record? Eight oh seven, wasn't it? Uh, eight oh three. Oh, okay. So eight oh seven before that. Okay, sorry. It's eight oh three. Okay, so Lang's the only guy who actually beat the record. Hmm. Okay. So um, yeah, so the, the girls' race for first was not that interesting, but but the race for all the sm- the smaller places. And by that stage, I actually had to go out and wasn't able to see what the coverage was like of that. But really, really close race, and we'll go through that top ten shortly. Guys, running was just uh, <laughs> it was bizarre. So just to tell me about it. So as I said, I'm thinking sub eight hours is on the cards yep. here. I'm thinking. Um, Sanders, he's we know he's an axe. We know he can put an amazing runs in, but he's unproven in Kona. Keenlay, you know he he can he's a great runner, and yeah. uh, and so I kind of was thinking, well, it's probably Keenlay or F- Frodo coming through, but Sanders has has got a chance, uh, and it ended up being the case of the ugliest runner I've ever far ugliest pro runner I've ever seen running 
uh, and he's taken over the mantle. Uh, Starkowitz, I think, previously held this mantle, but now it is definitely Lionel Sanders oh, really? versus the most beautiful runner I think I've ever seen Lange. in triathlon and Langer. So this we've seen we see some great runners, you know, um, Gomez and, and Brownlee. I wouldn't say is a, is a beautiful no, he's, runner. He's got a lot of effort and he holds a lot on his shoulders, doesn't mm. he? But Langer is just a beautiful runner. And for those of you who haven't seen Lionel Sanders run before. I've only seen him, I've seen him in the flesh and we saw him when we were over there yep. and it was very similar, very similar. He he, he gallops and... What do you it, mean? He kind of, one knee comes up higher than the other. It, uh. is, it is bizarre. He is just muscling his way through and, and you guys will all understand what I'm saying who watch the coverage. It is just horrendous. But, but that's how some people are, isn't it? Oh, but... He's taking it not to a whole other level. <laughs> <laughs> really, and I'm saying so that. So there's not much efficiency in I'm, his movement. <laughs> I'm saying that in a complimentary way, <laughs> thinking, imagine how much more he could have if he was a little bit more efficient yeah, or, yeah. or a little bit looser. Um, so I think the potential there for him to run faster is actually quite scary. So, you know, so we're going through, and, and yeah, you're thinking could be Frodo, but the heat Frodo very early on is is out of the race. Oh, really? He's, he's walking and uh, oh, it's okay. all game, game over Rover. So then at that stage you're thinking, okay, well let's just see if Sanders can, can hang it together. Because he got a bit of a gap on Keenley pretty quickly, didn't he? Mm, yep. He did. And, uh, and it stayed relatively even, but at the same time, you know, one or two minutes for those guys yep. who had been on the rivet all day, you're thinking... I'm watching this all the way. This could could come down to the wire, and it really wasn't. We didn't really hear much about Langer until pretty much the Energy Lab. And oh, at that really? stage, you see him running, and you're going. I so and how far back is he at the Energy Lab? Uh, I think he was about four minutes. Okay, but you know, as you said, he was yeah. 14 minutes down, and uh, at that stage, you, you know, you saw I uh, saw Sanders post race saying he he knew it was over. He said, "I'm I'm fighting as much as I can, but that I dude do is, yeah. uh, is is smoking." So. He just came past and just blitz past those dudes. And, and is he a uh, beautiful runner, is he? Oh, God. I mean, the only other person that impresses me so much is is, is Rennie. And, and the same thing happened when we were watching last year. I saw him running out, and the same thing that happened with Rennie a few years earlier. I thought, there's no way, no way you can keep <laughs> that up, you fool. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> they and, win it. <laughs> and he did it again. Wow. And, and so that, that's two years he's gone sub 240. Yes, he was just a couple of yeah, depends which splits you looked at. Initially, oh, okay. it was two forty zero zero, and now it's two thirty nine fifty nine. I think it was the official split. That's amazing, and I mean, what's impressive is is da- and David McNamee, who ended up yeah. third place, was saying he runs an even split. You know, lots of guys can run fast, but they go out fast and then they sort of grovel a bit towards the end and, and are slowing down. He keeps an even pace all the way through the race. Really? So he's not drilling in at the beginning. Well, he, he's going quick, but he's, he's just, just staying on the line. Even. Wow. So massively impressive. I didn't really give him much of a chance. I thought last year was one of those days where you just yep. click. and A bit like a Freddie Van Leer, you know, had a good one. It was really just a run last year. Yeah. You know? he just, when but, you but last year you had a time penalty. Mm-hmm. That's what you've got to remember. Last year, if mm-hmm. that time penalty didn't happen, it's a different race. Mm. You know, and, and last year, we, 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 one of the comments we made last year was, well, maybe because he had the time penalty, he had a good run. Mm. Well, this year he's proven that's not true. Mm. This year he's proven this guy can run. Oh, God, it was impressive. Really? So he's, you know, he's, he's five minutes quicker than the next best guy. And, uh, and in conditions that sounded like it was pretty, as you're going to hear later on, sounded like it was reasonably tough on the run. And David McNamee's five minutes, you know, so it's really 10 minutes, every, you know, David McNamee was five minutes ahead of everybody else as well. So mm. really it's kind of 10 minutes ahead of all the other players in the game. And you look at the girls' um, splits on the run and, you know, there was not any sub-three-hour performances there. So mm. that's, again, that's saying it's uh, a little bit tough out there. So, 
just a couple of seconds off his core, off his run course record and set a new core overall course record. Uh, so incredibly impressive. So, so when did he actually pass Sanders? Uh, it was it was on the Queen K. I think it was it was just at the last not the last aid station, but I kind of think it was one of the aid stations, maybe a little bit before Mark and Dave Hill. Okay, yep. so it's still pretty. I and was it ever a chance that Mick the knee was going to catch up uh, to second? You, Sanders was fading pretty quick, so I definitely think there was a chance, but there was it was a few still minutes. Still three still minutes, there. yeah, yeah. Mm. So massively enjoyable race for watching, you know, and that's what we wanted. We wanted to have a race, and we got that. We got lead changes. The girls' race was not a one-horse um, race until it came to the the run. Uh, so some fantastic results. So running through the top ten, Jocelyn McCauley was in tenth place on the females. You'll hear from, hear from her a little bit later in nine hours and twenty-one minutes, only ten seconds behind Annabelle Luxford, who was in ninth place. Uh, oh, really? Ten she, seconds? Yeah, she was. Uh, she was Annabelle Luxford was with riding was riding with uh, Daniela Reef and Sarah Crowley for, for a good chunk of the race. So she rode a four fifty nine, which really she only ran a three twenty four. So that bike ride really helped her finish in a, in a good position. Liz Lyles came through uh, into eighth place in nine hours twenty. So listen to these times. That's only. 40 seconds between uh, 8th and 10th. Carrie Lester was only another sort of 40 seconds up yeah, the road wow. in 7th place. <coughs> so there's a big difference in those top, that's four or five places today. Eh? Mm. So there's, uh, what, one minute and uh, one and a half minutes or so between 7th and 10th. Uh, Susie Cheatham was a couple of minutes up the road there in 9.16, so she's proven she's a fairly consistent performer over there. Uh, Kaiser Sali, she... Ran well, didn't she? Because she, she was quite far back, wasn't she? Mm. She ran, ran and rode well um, for a 9.04, so a pretty big gap between 5th and 6th, 12 minutes. And, uh, yeah, between Second fastest run of the day, but... Yeah, fit between 5th and 2nd was... Uh, you know, only five minutes there. So fourth place, Heather Jackson. A lot of people had her down as, you know, a potential for being in second place um, behind Daniela Reef. So she she sounded like she was reasonably satisfied with her race. Uh, uh, better better performance across the board. She was a little bit quicker on Torsten's try ratings on both the bike and the run than predicted. So she came home in 9:02:29. Uh, Sarah Crowley. She actually had a bike crash. Um, uh, Coming, going, coming through an aid station on the ride. So fantastic effort that she got back on, carried on, and uh, didn't let it uh, get to her too much. But an amazing season she's had. Mm-hmm. She's won Frankfurt, she's won Cairns, she's won the ITU World Champs, and this. Yeah. So she's been bringing home a bit of bacon. Good on her. Uh, she came home in 9.01.38. Couldn't quite close down to Lucy Charles, who swam 48, rode 4.58, so basically solo the whole way, and then ran a three oh eight, which was a was a great run for her for an eight fifty nine thirty eight, uh, and uh, nearly well basically a nine minute victory to Daniela Reef swam fifty three, so she came out with the main pack. She rode four fifty three ten and ran three hours and two seconds, taken home. $120,000. Good work. And she's got a few points as well. I think she can go back next year, John. That's a great thing. When, you, when you're in the top 10, and yeah, I mentioned this Justin really. McCauley, you just got to go and do another race and you're in. So that's uh, good. And deserved. Okay, and then the boys? Boys side of it was, it was a pretty interesting race for the top 10, wasn't it? Really was so Boris Stein. He's a consistent top ten and now. It was uh, he came home in eight twenty two twenty four. Ben Hoffman. He was he was in the mix coming off the bike. He only ran a three oh four. So you know you take 
15 minutes off that and uh, and he's on the podium. And but he was 15 he, minutes is a lot. He got down to like 4 for 50 didn't he? and then faded. Yes, so he, he was he was right in the mix. Yeah. Right in the mix. Uh, and people were thinking he could could be in it. So, you know, gave it a good shot uh, and thankfully still managed to finish in the, in the top 10. Patrick Nielsen came home in 8.18. We talked about him uh, with Torsten last week and he's been a really good performer over on the, the European circuit. Uh, so again, close racing here. Andy Potts came through on the run, Bevan. Yeah, he did come on the run, didn't he? 26 yeah. so third fastest run of the day, and uh, at 40 years of age, so he's wow. a bit slow coming out of the He looked swing. pretty happy coming across the finish line. I saw a photo of him, he looked mm. pretty stoked. Well, I saw an interview with him yesterday, and... Uh, <clears throat> yeah, he he was pretty happy, you know, he just did his race, he wasn't too worried on the bike about what everybody else was doing, he was just going to do his race rather than uh, sort of chase at the front, so nice performance by him, great to see Kiwi oh, Terenzo. I'm really happy about that result, because uh, uh, that's a breakthrough result for Terenzo, like it'll be interesting to see if that open, yeah, yeah, like he's had, he's had in the last 18 months he had a New Zealand result, he's a, if, you know, he's a great performer, but Kona's never really happened for him, and you know, I'm sure he would have loved to have got that top five, Um but to get him in the top 10, who knows what that opens up to. So I'm stoked for Terenzo. I think a lot of his problems in the past have sometimes been bad luck, sometimes been Pacing. stomach issues and, and trying to figure that out. So hopefully he's sort of got that key. You know, we know he's got it from Western Australia where he went 7.51, I think it and, was. Yep. So he's got the speed there. And if he can just, now he's sort of got that key a little bit more on the door for Kona. Uh, fingers crossed we can see yeah. him move up a few Game more on, places. Terenzo, what a minute. Uh, great race by James Karnama. He came home uh, in fifth place. He had a good battle with Terenzo there on the run and uh, and also Andy Potts was coming up on those boys pretty hard and then in fourth place Sebastian Keenlay wasn't really elated with his performance you know, he really faded a bit on the run uh, came in fourth in 8.09.59 uh, third place David McNamee courtesy of a 2.45 marathon uh, came home in 8.07 first great British athlete to ever get on the podium I believe in Kona wow a male athlete that's a so Mind-blowing. So I think Spencer Smith, they were saying, was the last one, and I think he finished maybe f- fifth or sixth or something like that. So wow. uh, very Which impressive. is crazy when you think of how strong Great Britain is in triathlon. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, if you, it, dominating triathlon. Mm-hmm. So, well, hopefully over the next few years we might see some brownies here. And Lionel Sanders, uh, much improved swim, uh, 53-41, and then rode 4-14. So both... Keenley Sanders both broke a course record on the bike, but Dan, uh, Cameron Worth takes it with a 4.12.54. And then uh, Patrick Langer took it out. He swam 48.45, so came out with the, the main pack, rode 4.28. Uh, he was sort of with David McNamee, and there was a few of them um, together, and then ran three 2.59.59 for an 8.01.40, comfortably under the course record, which was 8.03. So good on him. Okay, so some disappointments. You'd probably say Tim O'Donnell. Yeah, Tim O'Donnell. He, he, he's, he was sort of in the mix there for a while. Um, Nick Castellin, I think a few of us had him sort of picked as Tim uh, Reid. You'd potential. be slightly disappointed in yeah, but yeah, he hasn't performed in Kona, but I was excited yeah. when I saw him go to the front, and I thought, oh, I wonder what Although we're going to punch so we see there. Pete Jacobs, um, he actually pulled, uh, out. pulled out, which was a real bummer. Freddie Van Laird was was up sort of up there more or less in the mix coming off the bike, but good to see Pete Jacobs still managed to come out with the main pack. Um, Brent McMahon, I think he got stung by a, a um, jellyfish or something like that out there. So One other, one other bit, of, bit of sad news was that Tim Dawn. 
Tim Don, he was out pre-race, got knocked off his bike and, mm. and had a neck brace and stuff on, so I'm not sure. Uh, looked pretty serious, um, which was which was not great. Josh Amberger, who led out of the swim, faded to, to 29th place. Um, so, yeah, there's all, you always get, you know. Just Leanna Cave was racing. Yeah. Yeah, Shell Vesterby would be a disappointment, didn't finish. Mm. Um, and unlucky 11th go this year goes to Ivan Rana. Uh, the 11th position sucks because you don't get any prize money. And on the girls' signs, uh, girls side, unlucky Maureen Half, who got passed by Jocelyn McCauley, it was like on, I think she said on Palani Drive or something, Palani Road, so right at the end, you'd just be ripping your undies. It's a ten thousand dollar hundred meters. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Rachel Joyce didn't really perform, unfortunately. You know, she's had a pretty big year. It was a hit and miss for her, but wasn't it going oh, into yeah. this race? Yeah. yeah. Um, and Lauren Brandon, who was had a courageous effort in the swim and the bike. Maybe Queen Abraham, you maybe slightly disappointed. Yeah, Anya Baranek, she uh, didn't finish. Um, Sarah Pampiano, she's had top tens over there before, as you said, Michelle Vesterby. So, yeah, plenty of people who will go home a little 33rd bit 33rd in the men's? No, we went 33rd overall. Oh, so who was 33rd overall? Well, this is this is where it's quite funny, because I got it, both, uh, I got it right on, on almost every count here, Bevan. So 33rd overall, and I did. this was my initial pick, 33rd male, was Michael Fox, who we actually had yeah, on the yeah, show yeah, last yeah. week. Yeah, <laughs> which is quite funny. Um, so he went 8 hours, 48, 42. So he um, he wanted to come out with that main pack in the swim. He did that, 48, um, 42. And then it uh, looks like he had a bit of a struggle there on the bike with only a 4.53 and then a 3.11. So I did have him pick then. I said, I don't want to pick him because we've just interviewed him. And he sounds, you know, he's a, he's a, not a full-time pro. Yep. He's a working, working um, pro. And so I thought, I'm going to change that pick. And so then I went for Luke McKenzie, and then you rightly pointed out that he wasn't actually racing. Yep. And so then I changed changed again, and I said, Denny Chevron. He actually finished 32nd male, but he did get beaten by Daniela Reef, so he was 33rd. So you pro, picked it. So I picked it. <laughs> I love your work. It's, uh, that is sensational news. The second time I've done that. Yeah. Good work. So I was most impressed with myself. Oh, hey, you should buy a lottery ticket this week. Oh, no. Do you buy lottery tickets? Here and there. Here and there. Well, this week you should. Yes. Um, okay, John, any other kind of things to kind of comment on? So, so coverage was good? Coverage was pretty much the same pretty as Pretty much normal. Okay. Frustrating thing early on for those of you uh, that were watching uh, the swim, there was these cutouts and stuff uh, and, and what it just went off air. It went off air. Oh. I was thinking, oh God, they're, just, they're on NBC and they're on, they're on uh, yeah. Red Bull TV and it's just not happening. But by and large, the coverage is what we've seen in... in which, which we're always pretty happy with. We, there are things they can improve on, but generally speaking, they do a pretty good I job. I just wish they'd had more cameras out there. And the, the, I, they're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place because you've got to be filming the front guys because if you miss something, you're just going to look like a buffoon. Mm. Um, and so you can't really go back and scan back to everybody too much. So I kind of feel sorry for them in that, in, in that regard. I do think that um, Michael Lovato does a good job trying to... Talk the race? Talk about where they are on the course and yep. explaining it. And, and so I think that they do a good job with that. The blog updates this year seem pretty reasonable for me. If you watch the coverage in conjunction with that, you kind of felt like you had a pretty good feel for what's going on. Um, I just want to see more cameras out there and... Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's uh, obviously a cost thing, and um, and, and, and you know they've and got no money. Getting the spotters, getting like have some dedicated spotters out there, hundred percent of the time, feeding information back to that commentary team, and I think they could do a better job. With that and that's a, probably a cheaper thing, you know, oh. like cameras. It's obviously a lot more expensive. Three or but four covering th the male field. Yeah. Three or four covering the girls, and just having them texting updates through, yeah. or calling updates through. Have a producer there, giving them the information. So. Some, some easy things to do and some fairly costly things to do as well. Anything else? Um, 
Daniela Reef commented that she's going off to do Bahrain, and the million dollar prize apparently is still on. Okay, well, Bahrain seventy point three. That's that's a waste of a million dollars, isn't it? Yeah, not for her. By yeah. all means, take it. It's but the first time I've heard anything. Yeah, she's done an interview with Bob Babbitt, and one thing that you'd be happy with um, was a, 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 I was coaching a guy, Brad, who was staying across the road from the King Camp, um, <coughs> and he's uh, I was, I'd, I'd warned him before the race. I said. It's going to be a pretty noisy night if you want to try to get any sleep. Yeah. He said it was. He said it went on until 12.20 or something. I said, oh. So did they oh, go I past 12 hours? And they said, he said, yeah. So for the, for the oh, great. woman. So everyone got 17 woman, hours. Perfect. Great. Get 17 hours. Uh, other little items was that uh, Andrew Talansky, former pro cyclist with the Cannondale Drapak team, uh, apparently he's retired from cycling and is going to be giving triathlon a go. So we'll see mm. how serious that is. But I'm sure he will light up the course a bit on the bike course. And you said before the show some other guy had a crash in the race? Yeah, so this is um, terrible. Matt Russell uh, got cleaned out by a truck or a vehicle of oh some description God. coming along the Queen K. It sounded like it was at Waikala. Just po- they just got called through an intersection, the car. So it wasn't necessarily the car's fault. It was the person managing the intersection and went out and it apparently just completely cleaned him out. And he was in ICU in a pretty serious condition so there yeah. is a is a donation page if you go to slow twitch or something like that you can get a link through to that to help his family because he's one of those guys who's a bit of a you know good athlete but he's second tier and he just had a baby and stuff and if if this potentially is you know f- career ending career ending um it's a, it's it's terrible so um yeah hopefully matt russell you Get back in the game quickly and recover oh, yeah. well. Yeah, thought it's going for you, poor thing. That's horrible. Mm. Um, anything else, John? But just on the race. No, in terms of people <coughs> picking um, the the race, in terms of we had a bit of a you know bit of a, uh, a no few comments on <laughs> Facebook. Once Frodo out, everyone was everybody cut. picked Frodo. Everybody <laughs> picked Reef. So kind of out on the Frodo front, and everybody pretty much got Reef. And uh, a few people had Langer in there in terms of getting on the podium, but nobody had him as as a winner. And uh, most people sort of had, uh, you know, a lot of people had. Uh, not necessarily Lucy Charles in there, but had Sarah Crowley and Heather Jackson. So the women's podium was somewhat predictable. Uh, the guys' side of things, a lot of people had Sanders in the mix. And uh, not, no, I don't think anybody had David McNamee, though, so uh, hats off to him. And really cool for him, too, eh? Mm. You know, he's a real nice guy, too. So, okay, we had Ironman Louisville happen over the weekend as well. And I'm sure everyone was keeping just as much attention on that race, John. <laughs> it was, thankfully, it was the day after. So, Andrew Starkowitz, I'm sure he would have been lighting up the bike course over there in Kona with those uh, those other dudes. Uh, rode a 408, taking out uh, Ironman Louisville in 8 hours and 10 minutes in front of our Kiwi Callum Millwood from Cupcakes with Cal. And uh, third place, Marcus Tomsky. And uh, girl side, girl side of things. What we got going on? Ah, oh, you kidding me? What? Just pause it. Okay, why? Why is this not updating for my woman? Well, you just just look down the page. Okay, I'll see if I can beat you to it. Here we go. The okay. race on is to find the first three women. I'm pulling up the page. John's trying to find filters. He's well, I've got it now. I just don't I'm going to say Lisa. I don't have the split set. So Lisa Roberts took yes. it out. And I know she did a sub three-hour marathon, so that's hugely impressive. Mm. Didn't quite get the dojo domination over Leslie Smith, uh, but Lisa came home in 9.06, Leslie Smith in 9.23, and Nicole Valentine in third. So all those athletes have got themselves uh, some good counterpoints to start off their campaign for next year. Yeah. 
Um, Jombo, <coughs> we've also got Iron Man, uh, the Great Floridian coming up this weekend. We have, so one of the long-standing non-WTC races in the state. So good luck to everybody out there doing that. Okay, John, sponsor. Extreme Endurance. Your lactic buffer. Tell me about it, Jombo. If you guys are going out racing in the coming weeks, we know there's a few late-season triathlons, or if you're starting to get ready for you know maybe a winter of running and you want to experience experiment a little bit with your sports nutrition, check out Extreme Endurance. Uh, it will um, almost put a guarantee on that, Bevan. I'm very, very confident that you will get some good results using just the standard extreme endurance. You only need to use it for even just a couple of days before the race and it will give you a nice boost. It will improve your recovery from uh, from running races, say if you're doing a whole winter of racing and uh, and it is a proven product. We get so much good feedback about it. Remember to use the promo code IMTALK20 and uh, you get 20% discount and go out there, race faster and uh, recover quicker. Okay, Jombo, um, xendurance.com, guys. Got lots of good feedback. If you are looking for a little bit of an edge in your racing, check it out, xendurance. Jombo, let's get into the interview. We'll, we'll let, okay, this week's discussion, quickly, we won't talk about the picks because John won. He is the <laughs> champion, thanks to my help. And uh, But what we are saying is this week in our discussion, all we want to know is what were some of the best moments for you watching Kona in 2017. Or if you're over there participating, maybe a highlight for you as well. Or even spectating while you're there. So basically with John, John's been great. I've actually got a busy day today. So um, John's been really good getting some interviews. So he's interviewed five people. Uh, Tell me who they are, John. Yeah, so first up we'll have Jocelyn McCauley. So she finished in 10th place. Uh, So well, you'd think fantastic results. She hasn't had a a Kona result yet. Uh, So first time um, up there in the top 10, I think. I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. Uh, But she's had some great performances. You're going to hear that uh, I think she is a lady we need to look out for in the coming years. Oh, really? Because she wasn't thrilled with her race. Happy to get a result, but it sounds like there's a lot more potential in there. And I think based off her... I'm not actually quite sure. Based off her Ironman New Zealand result, which I was hugely impressed with, uh, she is a lady to keep an eye on. And good on her for getting herself out there post-race um, and actually trying to improve the Jocelyn McCauley brand and getting mm. the name out there. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, nice work. Then um, after Jocelyn, we will have, uh, I'm not sure. No, this is the order. Ben Boyd is next. Ben Boyd. Um, so this was his first time over in Kona. And uh, one thing I'll say about Ben Boyd, I didn't pull him up on the, uh, when I was doing the interview, but he was called calling the Queen K, the King Cam. And there is actually a King Cam highway over there. And so he was talking about, it was on the King Cam, King Cam this, and it's actually the Queen K. And I'm sure he was kicking himself afterwards. I was married to the Queen K, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and there is the King Cam Hotel. So it was I was doing this like the morning after the race. So we'll give Ben a little bit of a break there. Then we have uh, Rob Dallymore, who is a Kiwi we've had on the show before, a coach up in Auckland. Very good age group triathlete. Yeah, foot traffic, you can go and check him out. And yeah, experienced campaigner and what I wanted to get him on for he's been there was there 10 years ago in 207 and uh, just seeing how the race had changed and he had a good solid day at the office as well Andy Sloan I mean I had a little joke with Andy I felt sorry for him because he nearly did get the down um, with his bike split being quicker than his run split nearly not quite but 
really talking through the struggles of yeah. what Kona can yeah, really that's, that's be like. And, uh, and then finally have uh, Zania and Chrissy. So these are two non-participating athletes that were over there. Uh, Chrissy is and Chrissy McKinley. Chrissy McKinley, so the grinder and the stalker. That's right. <laughs> and you've heard go. their names many times. <laughs> you finally get to hear the voices. And uh, so those two are just telling us a little bit about uh, their week over in Kona. I saw some of their Facebook photos. Oh, they're having a great time. Didn't one of them on wheels? Yeah, Zania won a pair of uh, race wheels um, at the slow twitch option she was so she's got she she we don't call her a stalker for nothing and, uh, <laughs> and she's happy to take that and we should have given her a mic she uh, she did they did plenty they got their money's worth over there indeed okay john let's put we'll put these interviews on right now Right, we have our 10th place female finisher, and I was just saying to her before we started the recording, 10th is a hell of a lot better than 11th, because you get some prize money, and 11th is uh, still a good result, but 10th is a hell of a lot better. Jocelyn McCauley, she's won Ironman New Zealand, she's won Ironman Majorca, she's had some smoking fast runs, ran sub 3 hour at Ironman New Zealand, and was uh, was right in the mix there, but she's told me it's going to be some ugly stories, so firstly, congratulations about your race and uh, welcome back to the show well thank you so much and yes 10th is way better than 11th and uh, it was a struggle to get to 10th so it was it was a good day to get there anyway <laughs> what well, t- tell us about your expectations going into this race because I've, I've mentioned your name on the on the show a few times and I was just so impressed with your Ironman New Zealand result and, and also Majorca and then you had to go out there and, uh, and and do Texas as well to I assume to just make sure you had enough points to to get a start so what were you hoping for going into the race um, yeah, yeah, I, I did. I had a, I had a great season. Sorry. My daughter was just out here and I just made her cry by going inside. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that on the background. So. No, lots uh, of us have kids, so we know the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm doing it in a rush. But yeah, so, so yeah, 10th was not exactly what I expected out of this race at all. Um, I, you know, I did, like you said, I went to Ironman New Zealand and had a great build up this summer. Um, it took some time off and then had a great build this summer. And um, I forgot about Texas because that's not worth mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, I won a Vichy 70.3 as a build up to here. And then I went down to um, Texas where the Ironman is there actually. And I have an amazing family that I stay with that's practically family to me. And, um, and just did my whole build up down there for three weeks and I was on fire. It was, mm-hmm. I like, I was doing bike rides that I was, that I was, like I would write back to my coach and be like, this is just ridiculous. This mm-hmm. is absolutely absurd. Like how am I in this best, like, you know, this good of shape? Like, I mean, um, I did, I did some I, bike rides that were my fastest 112 miles of my life and, I did uh, runs that were just blazing fast. I did like five by one mile repeats, at, you know, all out pace, and I descended the pace down to a four fifty five. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, then I was doing um, swims like I haven't never swum before. We've changed my stroke a little bit, and it's really paying off. Um, and it actually did pay off in Kona. My swim did pay off in Kona at least. So. Mm-hmm. 
But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Other than that, like, uh, nothing, nothing really translated to the race. <laughs> so it's what, what are you, what were you thinking? You thinking, you know, definitely top 10, top five is on the cards here and, and potentially a podium. Is that sort of what's going through your mind? Yeah. At least that good. Yeah. Mm, mm. Um, you know, in race week, you know, as I said, you, you've won some races, so you're a name that some people know and perhaps a few should know a bit better. What are, what are your sort of commitments? Um, you know, you're not a, you haven't been on the podium yet. Race week, do you have many commitments or is it like a, another Ironman for you in terms of uh, doing sponsorship stuff and all that sort of carry on? Uh, my sponsors are really awesome and actually I really didn't have any uh, sponsorship commitments. It was it was more other like media commitments that I had. Um, I, I mean, like I had the NBC interview, but they did it the week before the race. Um, mm. I had the press conference on Thursday and, uh, just a couple like podcasts and, and meetups and stuff like that, uh, mm. with, with other media. So I, uh, yeah, I didn't have any, any sponsorship commitments, but it was just all, all media commitments. And I, and honestly, I mean, as a, as a, you know, like you said, like an, newer professional triathlete who's just getting on her name out and everything like the honestly the more commitments like that that I can have the better like so mm. I was I was reaching out to people and I was like hey I will do, do whatever yeah. you want because, because it's great for sponsors it's great for me and my you know my brand and everything like that so the the more the better <laughs> fantastic so you're right you're getting in the water on race day um what what sort of goes through your mind when you're actually sitting there bobbing in the water, uh, ready to, ready to kick off? What what are you focusing on? Um, yeah, well, I right before the start when we were still warming up, I saw my husband on the pier. So I actually I swam over to him real quick and uh, just you know got one last little like hand squeeze from him. So <laughs> that was fun. Um, stuck my knee into a uh, sea urchin on oh. the pier. So. so. That was not so fun. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so when I was on the start line, you know, just waiting with those paddleboarders, you know, going around and around like a chainsaw um, in front of you. Like, I mean, it's just, it's just like contentment, I guess, is what I feel. And just, you know, confidence in the preparation that I've done and just ready to execute the race that I know that I'm capable of. And, you know, I... When, you know, all throughout the race, you just got to stay in the moment and, you know, just stay where you are at that time. Like, I can't be thinking of the 112 miles that I have after and, you know, the 26.2 run that I have or anything like that. So it's just about, you know, executing a good start, you know, getting a nice, you know, strong and swift start off that finish line, I mean, off that start line and everything to, uh, to create your day, uh, mm. you know, because the first like, you know, 100, 200 meters off of that start line are pretty vital in what pack you're going to end up in, um, in the swim. So, you know, when I look at your results from other races, and, and a lot of these are wetsuit races, you know, Ironman New Zealand, 59 minutes, um, Mallorca 56, a lot of your other swims are in that 55 to 58 minute range, then um, you managed to pull out a 54 swim. Now, 54-31, it looks like, and, I, and it's a bit hard to tell, it looks like you might have been in no man's land a little bit with that swim, so did you end up swimming by yourself, and, and you must have been fairly pleased with that uh, with that time. I was I was stoked with that time, although I didn't see it when I got out of the water, so I had no idea until the end of the day, but... Yeah. Uh, 
I knew it was good because of the women who I heard called out, the announcer was calling out on the uh, announcement, like Celine Scherer got out like a minute or a little more than a minute in front of me. And, and we were doing Vichy together and she outspanned me by three and a half minutes and a half. So, so to be that close to her was great, um, out of a full, but I wasn't in no man's land. I actually, I made the chase pack, um, Mm -hmm. you know, with, with Daniela, with Celine Scherer, you know, with a whole bunch of those women. And I made that chase pack and, um, you know, we did the turn and then we turned back to come back into the pier and no one told me that people do a surge there. I, <laughs> and I could have known. <laughs> there was a massive surge, massive surge. And I just totally got dropped off at the back and, um, yeah, just didn't make it back up. Uh, I, there, I mean, I was, I was, uh, you know, holding on to the, at the back of that pack anyway. And so with the surge, it just put me, it put me in no man's land. I mean, I, I still got out a minute and a half basically behind that group, but, uh, I did the whole back half of the swim by myself. Mm. Uh, yeah, but still, still very, very happy with that. And I'm sure there's much more to come on that swim that I can improve on. Mm. Now on, on race day, it was, it was, um, the girls, uh, and, and guys that if you weren't in the top handful, um, the coverage was, um, was pretty minimal. So, but we did see your name sort of coming into the mix, uh, towards the end of the, the bike ride. So maybe just talk us through how the bike ride unfolded. Cause for, for watching it online, for, for anybody who wasn't in the top, uh, sort of, if you weren't Daniela or Lucy Charles, um, you really didn't get much coverage at all. So what was sort of happening on the bike for you guys? Yeah. So, I mean, there was that, you know, there was that pack with, uh, Daniela and Lauren Brandon, or I guess not pack, but cause they broke apart, but them. And then there was the Daniela reef uh, pack. And then behind that was our pack. And it was, uh, me and Anya, uh, leading that pack. And we just kept trading off back and forth, back and forth, leading that pack. Um, and, uh, I honestly, I couldn't tell you exactly who was in that pack. There was, I think, about six of us. Um, mm-hmm. Is what the what the uh, board said. The the board that had you know the times to the front and stuff, and then it said you know pack of six at the bottom mm-hmm. and how far back we were. So I know like uh, Rachel Joyce was in there at some point, and um, just yeah, some other women. And uh, yeah, so the first the first uh, bit, the first like hour and a half of that ride, I I rode up to to, you know, some of those women who got out in front of me on the swim and, and, uh, I was supposed to race by power, uh, because, mm. you know, uh, we were, we were changing things up. We had been training by power a little bit more and I usually race by heart rate and, uh, we decided to race by power here. And so I did that for the first hour and a half and then I wasn't enjoying it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, uh, it just, things were not coming to me, um, this race at all. It was a, struggle from the gun going off. I, I mean, I was cramping in the water, I was cramping on the bike and just not, uh, there was a disconnect between my power and my heart rate than what I've seen in training. Mm. Um, even on my long days of training and even in hot days of training and everything. So it's just, you know, it's just some days you just don't have it for some reason that's really annoying. And that was one of them. And, and so after an hour and a half on the bike, I, I turned my, uh, you know, screen off from power and I just raced on heart rate and things went a lot happier, uh, after that, because then, you know, I wasn't focused on, uh, on something that wasn't going right. I was just focused on what I could control and, and everything. And so, 
Um, out to Javi, there was uh, Heather Jackson and then Kaiza uh, passed us going out to Javi. Um, I went with them for a bit, but my heart rate was just really like through the roof for some reason. Well, not through the roof, but it was on the upper end of what I wanted it. And so I backed off and let them go. And then um, and Anya went with them. And then on the way back from Javi, uh, I caught back up to Anya. But, I mean, like, Maureen Huff caught, back, caught up to me. And um, uh, uh, someone else did, too. I can't mm-hmm. remember who. So I actually at the end of the bike, it was I was I, you know, I was telling my coach after I was like, I've never been caught on the bike. I've never been passed. <laughs> Not he's like, it's the world championship. I know. I was like, but still with the bike fitness that I had. And he's like, yeah, yeah. So so with the bike fitness that I had, it shouldn't have gone with what I did. But uh, so, so but c- coming off the bike, I, I, I again, I can't remember exactly what position you were, but I'm pretty sure it was it was somewhere just inside the top ten. Do you do you know your placing and and what were your what were you sort of hoping for for the run? Given um, you know you've you've had some sub three hour runs, what did you think was going to be possible given how the day had had unravelled at, at that stage? Yeah, um, you know, I don't remember what place I did come off on the bike it was somewhere around 10th probably um mm. i i think it was probably right at 10th um yeah and so coming off the bike one of my good friends um about hansen um something that he said to me is just take one mile at a time and each mile is a brand new mile and you know it's a brand new you get a restart you get a refresh and everything and so I just kept that in my mind because obviously the bike didn't go well and so you know look we get to start this and we get to you know refresh redo reset and just see what we can you know be capable of um I mean like like I said my 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 fitness was like out of this world right now well I guess is it's only been two days off so (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, it's just, yeah, it was out of this world. So my run fitness was better than it was in New Zealand. Um, and so I knew that I could go sub three for sure. And, um, you know, probably 255 or under was a possibility um, on a good day. I mean, it was it was pretty brutal conditions uh, heat-wise yesterday. The, mm. the clouds didn't roll in, like, uh, over Kona, like they usually do in the afternoon. After that bike ride, you know, you usually get a little bit of cloud cover and stuff, and it just it wasn't happening. So horrible conditions, but also um, just still seeing that disconnect between my heart rate and pace and everything like that, which is always frustrating. <laughs> mm. Um, so you ran a three sixteen forty one, which um, yeah ended up in tenth place. Now it must have been uh, pretty full on on that run because I'm looking through the results here, and Carrie Lester was only you know a minute twenty in front of you. You were only ten seconds behind uh, Annabelle Luxford by the look of it, and and she was only you know twenty five seconds behind Liz Lyles, and then as I said, Carrie Lester was only another sort of minute or so in front of her. So. Um, was there much changes in, 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 in the run, you know, going in and out of the energy lab and around there? You must have been seeing each other and, and eyeing up, hopefully, you know, a couple more places if things went well. Well, to tell you the truth, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was trying to keep that mindset positive as I could, and going to the energy labs, it was a big struggle to do that. Um, 
running, you know, in 11th place going into the energy labs. It was just, you know, a death march really, honestly. And, um, and, you know, turned around and I, I told myself, you're not looking back. You're not seeing who's behind you and you're not seeing how far behind you they are. Mm-hmm. You're keeping your eyes up forward and on that next woman in front of you, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, cause as soon as you start looking backwards, you go backwards. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, but, uh, honestly the next person in front of me was, um, eight minutes, uh, basically in front of me because when I was, when I was coming out of the energy lab, I had one of my sisters there, uh, cheering me on and she said, you know, if you keep this pace up, if you go faster, you're going to be able to, you know, catch that next woman and, you know, get into the top 10. So just keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. Um, and so having her tell me that was, um, a lot more, you know, a lot, a lot helpful, very helpful to hear and everything. And so I don't know what happened. I just turned on some afterburners and, um, in the last nine miles of that race, I actually made up eight minutes. Wow. And so, yeah, it was, it was incredible. It was uh, a very gutsy and, and heart filled, uh, last nine miles for sure. Um, just seeing my family out there, seeing my coach out there, seeing my daughter out there, it's, it's all a very big inspiration to me. And so, um, I really wanted that top 10 and you know how much different it is to be 10th than 11th. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so, so yeah, it was actually, uh, it was, Oh, sorry. No more noise. Um, it was coming down, uh, Polani and, uh, caught Maureen Huff coming down Polani past, like just flew past her. Uh, she was going through the last aid station and, um, I mean, if you do look at the results, I actually beat Marine Huff by two minutes. Yeah. And that in one mile of yeah. the race. Yeah. <laughs> so I was absolutely flying down that last, uh, that last bit. So, um, and then I was, I was coming down Alihi and my coach was right there and he said, you still can get Annabelle. You still can get Annabelle. And so yeah. I didn't enjoy that finish line. It was all sprint to that finish line because I didn't see her, but I did. And I, so I didn't realize how close she really was, but I was, you know, trusting whatever my coach said, like, you think I can get her? I'll, I'll try. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, look, I mean, it's obviously not quite the race you wanted to have, but at the same time, do you, do you feel a bit, uh, excited about the future knowing okay I can have a, a, a well below average or what my expected day was and still manage to finish 10th for sure for sure and I mean there's races like this where you don't feel good like the entire day and and you know you don't give up and you do you just keep going and you keep pushing yourself and and you still get a you know a decent result that you know you didn't fully you know, think that was possible after not feeling so good. And it's, it's those days that you learn so much more about yourself and so much more about what you're capable of. And it's, uh, it's so much more, I guess it's motivating and it's inspiring to yourself to know, like, like you said, like, look, like this was definitely not the day that I could have had. And this is definitely not the day that I felt like I should have had, but, um, you know, taking this and moving forward, um, you know, like we have so many more leaps and bounds to, to gain. And, and so with that, like, there's just so much potential out there for this next year. It's so exciting. I, I, I mean, I was telling my uh, husband that, you know, I went into this race so, um, you know, so 
confident and so confident in my abilities, confident in my preparation and everything. And, and I honestly, you know, even though the race didn't go as planned, I, I come out of this race still with that same confidence, like that hasn't been altered and it hasn't been shattered. And so I know that, you know, that sets me up for such a good year. Mm. And the good thing is now you've got the points, um, you know, qualifying yeah. for next year is uh, really just a case of doing a doing a race somewhere and there's not that pressure. You know, obviously you have the ability, no no problems at all to qualify, but it just takes a, a bit of the planning pressure off, I guess. For sure. It's so nice to be able to have that. Um, and, you know, I'm going to do Ironman New Zealand, obviously, to defend my title. Nice. And, um I'll actually, uh, I want to do Ironman Texas as well. Nice. Um, so, you know, what um, what next for you? I mean, you talked about those races, but now does does your, I know it's only two days since the race, but now does your year focus, you know, every year become around Kona or, or are you in this for the, you know, being the professional, going off and doing other races and Kona is really important. You know, where, where's it, where's it going to fit for you now on a, on a, on a regular basis? Uh, yeah, I, 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 Kona, Kona is Kona. And I mean, I think, I think a lot of people's hearts are here and I mean, my heart is here as well. And I want a, you know, as close to perfect day as I can have, um, here and, and to be able to accomplish the goals that I have, uh, in Kona. Um, but that being said, I have, I have other goals, uh, uh, you know, of this professional triathlete career that I have. And, and I see those being accomplished on some other on some other courses and some other races, such as Ironman Texas. Yeah. Uh, nice, very very fast course there, and uh, and then obviously New Zealand has just stolen my heart, and so nice. <laughs> um, I'm going there for the uh, seventy point three in December this year, and then gonna definitely go there in March. So, so I have I have definitely other goals that I want to accomplish. Um, in in this and so I you know my heart will be in Kona and preparation will be for Kona but I mean I can front load my season like New Zealand is in March and then Texas in, is in April and so that's a very front loaded season and have a nice off time at the beginning yeah. of the summer and have a wonderful build to Kona. Fantastic. This is exactly what we did this year. So fantastic. Um, so, in terms of if people want to follow you, you know, you as I said, you got you're one of these real quickly up and coming. There's a new breed coming through, and especially in the women's racing. Um, so, if people want to follow you and, and any plugs you want to get out there in terms of uh, websites or, or people that have helped you get to that start line and and starting to kick some ass. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can follow me on Facebook. I actually I don't have a like a separate pro triathlete page. Yeah. I like to keep my authentic self out there, so I haven't haven't taken that step yet. But Jocelyn Gardner McCauley on Facebook or Jocelyn McCauley on uh, Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. Nice. And on Twitter, I am not so active. I'm only active during races on Twitter when yeah. I have a ghost tweeter tweeting out at uh, J-O-C-E Macaulay at, on Twitter. And then uh, my website is jocelynmacaulay.com. Um, and that is getting a revamp here in the next couple weeks. So okay. look for some new exciting stuff on that one. And um, in terms of sponsors, I'm with Big Sexy Racing right now. And they have a whole host of sponsors together that are amazing and uh and then I just honestly, I can't thank Quintana Roo uh, bikes out, that they were out here when I was out here and just the amount of work that they did on my bike before the race. Yeah. <laughs> we kept asking them to do more things and more things and they were, they're just 
They are class acts and so amazing, and I love to be part of that family. So Fantastic. Well, thanks for making yourself available. I know we had a chat with you, I think it was after Ironman New Zealand, I hope the weather's better for you next year, because I think you were down in Queenstown, <laughs> and it was about bloody zero degrees or something like that, so hopefully we well, turn on some better weather. <laughs> yes, well, we're going to stay on the North Island this next year, because we're going to bring my daughter, so we're going to go to like Hobbit Town and uh, oh. just all the fun kid things. So yeah, if any of your listeners have kid ideas to do on the North Island of New Zealand, please tell me. <laughs> we'll do something around Ironman New Zealand around that. We'll get some, some listener contributions in there. So uh, we'll make sure we keep an, keep an eye on our Facebook page and we'll, we'll do something before Ironman New Zealand. So awesome. How much longer do you have in Kona in terms of uh, relaxing? Oh, one whole week. And I'm oh. so excited. We're going to be beach bums like the whole week. So. Fantastic. Awesome. Well done on a, a solid day at the office when you weren't feeling so so great. And uh, we look forward to you moving up that leaderboard next year. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I'll see you out in New Zealand. Okay, guys. Um, we've got first up on our sort of Kona review show one of those athletes that a lot of uh, a lot of you guys love to hate because uh, he qualified at his first Ironman in Port Macquarie, and so a lot of you guys have been out battling for years and years to do it, and he's gone out there on his first show. His name's Ben Boyd from Australia, so welcome along to the show, Ben. Thank you, John. It's great to be here. Right, tell us tell us a little bit about your your story about first getting to Kona, and uh, as you pointed out when you you um, contacted me on Facebook, it was your your first Ironman. So tell us a bit about where you've sort of come from to to get yourself to Kona. Um, so originally, or the first uh, my, the the background I have is I've been in, involved in or doing seventy point three since two thousand and fourteen. Uh, my brother got me into that, so. Um, I had done four half Ironmans um, before taking the leap up to doing the full Ironman in Port Macquarie uh, earlier this year. So um, uh, it's kind of been a little bit short, but I I kind of um, straight away got the bug. And yeah, it's just been um, a great experience and stepping up to do Port Macquarie. um, It's not really the um, nicest of... uh, the best of uh, road surfaces up there, especially for the bike leg. It's uh, rough, but battled through that and uh, had really good support with uh, uh, some friends who were up there, and um, it was really good to have them there. But um, I had a phenomenal day up there, and really nothing, uh, not much went wrong, and um, I was just thrilled to be able to uh, finish. And I was lucky enough, or uh, lucky enough, at the roll down ceremony that it actually went down as far as it did uh, to number twelve. And pretty much as soon as my name got called out at the roll down ceremony, I jumped out and just said yes straight away without really thinking about it. So um, that's where it all started, and um, that's where I am now. And yeah, it's just been uh, it's been a long journey, but it's well worth it. And and what sort of time did you bang out in your first race there in um, Port Macquarie? So I did a ten hour, uh, just over ten hours, uh, sixteen minutes, um, which is um, w- greater than what I expected. I was I was really expecting more of a um, just eleven hours up there, just my first one. Uh, being being fairly new to that distance, it was hard to kind of estimate those times as to what I was expecting. But um, I, I had a really good swim. Um, it was a sub hour swim up there which um, took me by surprise, but I wasn't really pushing it. And then on the bike, I was just going towards my power um, power meter numbers mm-hmm. and just kept to those. And on the run, um, I started off at a 
pretty fairly slow pace at a 5.20, I think 5.25 run pace. Um, and halfway through, I was feeling pretty good and just started just increasing the, increasing the pace and was um, came home in, I think it was just under, just around five-minute pace for the last uh, 5Ks or so. So really happy with that, actually. So, yeah. Fantastic. So, okay, so you qualify for Kona. You, 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 you touch down the Big Island. You've probably got your expectations on what you think it's going to be like. What was the week like leading into the race? It was, um, it was, it, it was a really uh, new eye-opening uh, eye experience, really. So I touched down, and that afternoon, uh, just to try and fight off the jet lag, I went for a short run, and I got uh, quite bad cramping issues closer to the uh, at the end of the run. So um, it was a really good eye-opener and um, made me think about my nutrition and having to up the uh, salt tablet. So um, being able to... Get, get that experience with uh, the cl- or trying to acclimatise to the weather and the humidity. It's just um, something that you just don't expect, and um, it's really. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to jump on that straight away and change those. So, as I said, just increasing the salt um, intake. To um, I was taking two salt tablets a day, and um, and just drinking pr- plenty of water um, and electrolytes leading up to the event because. Even just walking around, um, walking around the area, you just you just don't realise how much you sweat and how much um, fluids you actually lose um, just doing literally nothing. So um, it was really good to be able to um, uh, uh, have that um, experience that before the race. So yeah. Cool. Now, so talk talk us through your day, you know, and, and maybe put into perspective your expectations and, and then what actually happened and, and how you sort of performed. So just sort of talk us through the swim, the bike and the run and, and any sort of things that really took you off guard or, or things that you really enjoyed. Okay, yeah. So um, to start with, uh, it was just, uh, I guess, pre-swim, it was kind of hard to find an open area or just a quiet area just to sit down and kind of gather your thoughts obviously there's about two and a half uh, thousand other athletes that are there um, trying to do the same thing so it was fairly we were, we, we were pretty much packed just at the beach in front of the uh, King Cam Hotel just in the kind of I guess holding area you could call it prior to uh, the race swim um, but yeah it was just trying to gather my thoughts um, then Getting into uh, getting into the swim and just um, just I guess walking over to the swim and getting into the getting getting into the water, just trying to compose yourself, taking some deep breaths, um, but just trying to relax, stay calm, go over the race with go over the race that that you uh, the race plan that you had. So um, I was just trying to do that. The swim was pretty good actually. Um, there was a bit of a hustle and bustle as you think. Uh, at, as, as is with the group starts. That was really my first group start that I had experienced um, because previously with the 70.3s and the uh, Port Macquarie, it was more of a wave start. So mm. um, it was it was a lot better. But um, I was pretty happy with the swim, actually. Um, I was projecting about a 106, 108 swim and I did a 105. So I was, I was happy with that. I really didn't really want to push it too hard on the, on, on the swim because it was obviously a long day. Um, and then on the bike, um, I had some really good advice from um, my cousin who had done this a couple of uh, couple of years ago, just to 
look, don't push it on the bike. Um, just take it easy. Go well below your numbers. So I was, I was um, just just re- just going by my power and just just trying to keep it at about seventy percent FTP for that uh, for the whole ride. Um, by then on the bike and getting out to um, getting um, getting out to um, getting on the bike and just before Harvey, just before the climb to Harvey. Um, the wind was picking up, so it was a pretty tough climb up to um, climb up to Harvey with the with the headwinds, and um, and then heading back down, I I just had no confidence going in the drops <laughs> because of the uh, because of the uh, tailwind that I had. So I was holding on for dear life um, coming back down the hill um, from Harvey. I'm a pretty light person, so I'm 64 kilos, and even on the uh, drops, I was getting blown from side to side. So. It was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty a scary experience, but I did, I just didn't want to risk it, so um, um, I just took it easy. I, I, even though there was other people flying past me, it was, it was, it just wasn't. Uh, I just didn't want to risk anything, so I tried to keep it smart. Um, and then when we got back onto the King Cam Highway, I was getting pretty tired, and um, I, I was finding it quite difficult to keep, stay in the uh, stay in the aero bar. So I was finding it. I was finding myself sitting up a bit more um, than usual, um, but still battling through it. And um, yeah, got back into um, I, I got back into town, uh, feeling pretty refreshed, but um, happy to get off the bike and give the shoulders um, and the back a bit of a, um, a rest and jump and um, straight onto the run. And um, yeah, it was just pretty much. Um, I tried to stay stay pretty cons- uh, at, a, at a pretty consistent pace with the uh, with the run, and obviously um, um, going out Alihi and, and back, um, I, was, I, was, I was setting a pretty good pace. Uh, one of the highlights for me was um, as I was going up um, Palini, uh, um, I actually saw uh, Jan Fredino uh, walking down there, so <laughs> I was actually I was able to give him a high five and. Um, and um, said to him, uh, "You're an inspiration." And he says, no, "And he turned around and actually said, no, 'No, you're, you're going to be an Ironman.'" So that kind of uh, gave me a bit of a um, kick along going up Polini and then hitting out uh, along King Cam. But um, that run out, uh, that, that run out along King Cam, and then down into um, um, the Energy Lab just seems to go on forever and ever. And um, but it, it's it was it was it was worth it. So um, just uh, just um, just got running along there. They were handing out sponges, which were really good with uh, ice cold sponges, which really helped. Um, and just trying to keep up with the nutrition, and the fluids all, all, all along uh, the run and the bike, uh, the bike and the run. So I was pretty happy with uh, how everything went overall um, on the day. There were a couple of mishaps, but. That was expected, and um, I was able to get through those. So yeah, I was really happy with uh, getting with the result of getting under 11 hours. So um, something that I wasn't expecting, and to do that was just uh, phenomenal. So very ten, happy. Ten hours, 59.53, and you did outrun uh, Jan Fredino as well. So you outran the, <laughs> the world champion, which is fantastic. Um, yeah. Was it uh, you know hard in terms of the conditions? Was it Harder than you expected, or harder than you've been warned about, or, or about what you expected, both in terms, I guess, of the wind and and the heat on the run. It was definitely harder than what I expected. Um, uh, with the bike, the wind started quite uh, quite early. Uh, 
um, so that was that was quite hard to battle and being a light person it kind of pushes you around um, you can't um, so um, that was quite hard to battle through that on the run it was the wind wasn't that bad running back uh, running down into the energy lab we had uh, there was a breeze coming off the ocean so running down the hill into a headwind was um, was a bit rough but obviously coming out of that coming out of the energy lab that did help a lot um, and did cool it down a little bit um, as much as it could even though I think the temperatures were about 30 32 degrees um, but in I think through the energy lab it almost got up to 40 degrees uh, from what I was reading off my Garmin so yeah it was it was pretty hot but you've just got to kind of battle through those conditions and suck it up I guess <laughs> fantastic um, anything else about the whole week or the experience that um, that was awesome for you obviously you got the the awards and stuff today and going and telling war stories but but anything else that sort of jumped out out to you um, that maybe would help other people in the future or just something that you did that you thought was uh, was awesome um, I guess it was just um it was it was quite overwhelming on the day um, just to try and settle yourself down because there's just there's there's just such a huge crowd um, and so, there's just a large amount of support along um, Alihi um, and um, running up um, Palenial, um to the King Cam Highway. After that, it's pretty lonely, but you know um, this is obviously for the run. Um, but you've just got to keep a keep a positive mindset and just just stay stay strong stay focused um and one of the things that my coach always tells me is just race your own race so if people are passing you don't worry about it um um just race your own race and what i said before with, with my cousin was um the, the advice my cousin gave me was just keep it easy on the bike don't cook yourself because on the run straight out straight out, out of the run um people were people were already walking and the amount of people that you just pass um, who are walking I'm not um, uh, it's just um, was mind-blowing actually so I'm not too sure if they just did cook themselves on the bike or whether they just had enough or just didn't have it but um, yeah you've just got to really be patient with yourself um, not not kind of push it um, and just 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 embrace the day and enjoy it and just just try and take it all in and enjoy the experiences um what a lot of people were saying so that's what i tried to do and um yeah i just i, I just had a, a really good day so i was very happy with that so very fortunate fantastic well done on your day and uh and enjoy the uh the post-race party thank you very much john i really appreciate those words thank you Okay, guys, next up on our sort of post-Kona show is uh, Rob Dallymore from New Zealand, and I was keen to get him on because every year we hear it was hardest conditions ever and it was brutal out there, and he's a man that's been there several times, and I think his 10-year anniversary maybe since his first time <laughs> around. So, uh, Rob, welcome back to the show. Thanks, John. Thank you. Tell us about the conditions. You know, what was it like out there compared to, compared to what you've experienced in the past? Well, um, it's funny because we swam the day before the race <clears throat> and it was really, really choppy. And I thought, Jesus, if it's going to be like this on race morning, we're, we're in for a tough race. And uh, But funnily enough, it, the water was beautiful. It was dead flat. And um, there may have been a little bit of ocean swell out, out the far end, out, out by the boat. But it wasn't really anything to be concerned about. But the water was beautiful. It was just a good, typical kind of day. And it was really nice. It was 
quite quite a nice way to start the day because I, I did actually expect it to get quite windy later. So um, you know, it was a reasonably gentle approach into the morning. Um, but as we got out on the bike course, uh, there was a pretty. Oh, it was getting hot pretty early. I, I sort of felt it was it was really heating up, and there was quite a good tailwind going out towards Waikoloa, which which isn't uncommon. But um, it suddenly turned just as you go past um, just past the volcano. It suddenly turned and it was straight into the face to Kauai, and um, that was a little bit of an opening. I thought, oh, yeah, we're going to be in for some pretty good trade winds up around around towards Harvey, and um, just climbing up the hill to Harvey, it was, again, it wasn't too bad. It was still a little bit of a tailwind that picked us up. But then um, as we carried on around the bend, um, it really, really hit the face and it was getting quite strong. Um, and, you know, going uphill into a headwind, uh, it was it was a pretty pretty difficult section. But um, coming back down off Harvey, we had some pretty wicked crosswinds, but wasn't anything ridiculous it wasn't anything to be really worried about but um yeah to had to be able to ride a bike stay in the euro bars it was it was a bit challenging but um it was i really enjoyed that section my Good. actually my fastest 10k down that um down that um part took me 12 minutes so nice um it was just over 50k hour average so it was a bit of fun <laughs> yeah yeah um and then once we hit uh Kauai high again you know that climb up from back up to the Kauai high corner it was hot. It was really, really hot. And um, actually, Cam Brown was up there on the side of the road, and he was he was giving us heaps. So that was cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we turned, obviously headed back towards Waikoloa, um, and then the headwind started. And it was just a just a Kona headwind. It was just that that headwind that you get for the last forty to fifty k was was just dragging. But um, you know the roads here are so fast that you you're riding into a headwind. You're still doing thirty eight k an hour. So it yeah. actually wasn't too much to be worried about yeah and it it, it it wasn't a super windy day like like i was expecting it to be but um it was still a tough ride it was it was a tough ride and it was getting it was getting really hot just and just in terms of the, the ride i don't know if you've spoken to any of the pros or anything like that but it seemed like the the wind conditions were, were, were building um through the morning and, the, and maybe the pro yeah. men got through a bit earlier and, and it wasn't quite so bad especially when you look at their bike times yeah, yeah. So it was funny. Was we were riding up towards the uh, lookout, I said to a guy, um, "I said, geez, it would be nice to be a pro because you get the lighter winds in the morning." <laughs> and we both laughed at that because I think I think you're right. I think I think they're heading off half an hour early, 45 minutes early. They obviously swim a lot faster. They bike a lot faster. They beat a lot of those trade winds um, in the morning. So yeah, we the, the longer people are out there, the worse the weather gets, which is. Seems a bit unfair, doesn't it? <laughs> and and the run, you know, there was talk on the coverage that it was going to be very humid on the run this year because of the rain the day before. I mean, uh, what yep. was what was your experience on the run? Um, yeah, it was it was hot. Um, as soon as I as soon as I dropped my bike, um, straight away I could feel the heat. You know, when you stop and you just start sweating like a like a pig. I was um, I was like, oh man, this is going to be a tough one. So running into transition, I was. Um, um, immediately, I thought, right, we're in for a, we're in for a hot day. This all the sauna training I've done all the last few weeks is going to come in handy here. And um, yeah, it was just as soon as as soon as we were on Ali Drive, um, that was the hottest part of the course. Eh? It was just ridiculous, and it was really humid, like you say. Mm. Um, and um, you know, it was it, it it was a lot tougher along that section than I remember in previous years. Um, 
and there were a lot more people walking and really struggling really early, um, mm. a lot more than I had expected. Mm. So um, I, I don't know whether it, yeah, I think that I think the heat and LE drive probably took a lot a, a greater toll than than um, than than people had expected. Um, once I came back, so I, I was running okay through there. I actually felt pretty good, but um, um, as I got up to the top of Palani and turned onto the Queen K, there was another hot section. And you know, you know what it's like up there. There's no mm-hmm. trees, there's no mm-hmm. shelter, um, and the the road is just black. You know, it's just crazy. But uh, um, yeah, I was just running from A station to A station. Just just as soon as I covered myself in ice ice water and sponges, hundred meters out of the A station, it was dry. And I'm I'm cooking there again, so <laughs> it was pretty tough. It was definitely the hottest. It was definitely the hottest race I've had here. So in terms of your placings, though, you know you moved from 76th in the age group out of the swim, 65th bike ride, and uh, and 46th place um, run splits. So you obviously you must have paced yeah. it fairly well compared to other people out there. And overall, were you uh, how happy how happy were you with your day? Yeah, well, I think I actually finished 42nd. Um, but yeah, I saw that said forty six on the run, so I don't know what that means. But um, I had a, um, I had a, I actually had a pretty, I had a, I had a pretty ugly day in parts. I had a great swim, drank a little bit of salt water on the on the swim, and I think that affected me quite early in the bike. I wasn't able to to re- take any food on. I was just I was just drinking water to try and neutral stomach a bit. Um, and so for the first two hours, I was I was being really cautious, <clears throat> and I didn't want to um, push too hard on the bike and. And end up having a having a really bad back end of the ride, so I was very very patient. And then um, after about 100k, I actually started feeling quite good, and and things came back to me again. So um, I was ready to pull out after 20k on the bike. I was thinking <laughs> this is not going to go well. And um, but once I was back on the bike, I was uh, once I was 100k into it, I was able to start riding more to what I wanted to ride, and it was actually feeling a lot better. Um, and then once I was, uh, and I was, I was a little bit bummed to do five oh seven. I was really wanted to go under five hours, but I know you can't really, you can't really aim for those sorts of times on the bike when you don't know what the conditions are going to be. But a um, little bit gutted with the bike time, but it, it's all right. I'll take it. But the um, the run, so the run was going to be an interesting one because I was actually running quite well, but I had to walk most of the A stations just just to get food and just to get cool. Um, but I actually ran, this is the first time I've actually run, or for the last few races I have, but this is the first time I actually run solely to power, run yeah. power. I use a stride power meter, yeah. and um, it was fantastic. I gave myself a range of 250 to 260 watts, and I didn't let myself go over 260, and I didn't go under 250. And um, and I just think it just it just gave me that that nice, steady pace. And um, a lot of guys that had run away from me early, um, along the Queen K and the last 10K started coming back and it was just it was awesome, it was really really good so um, even though the run wasn't quite what I wanted I was actually really happy with how the run went um, and I, yeah, I was just quietly moving through but not as fast as I wanted to but the heat really affected how fast how fast I could run I think so In terms of but, using um, the stride power meter, um, you know, what's the advantage for you do you think instead of say 
setting a pace you know so you ran what was it uh 333 i think i saw up there yeah um so instead of, yeah. instead of yeah. going out and just going i'm going to run you know five minute five minute k's um what's it what was the difference for you going power output as opposed to going i'm just going to stick you know five minute k's plus or minus you know 10 to 15 seconds um depending on on the terrain of that particular k or was it just a different focus for you well it was i i, I sort of i I had this, this this vision in mind of running four thirties, um, and and in, in training, obviously back home, um, that had, that had been okay. You know, I think it was, you know, and using the lineman, maybe I could have. But as soon as I hit the run and it was hot, immediately the the heat affected the ability to 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 run faster or at a, at a at that power I needed to or run efficiently at the power, given the speed. So. Um, not having speed to worry about. <clears throat> See, I might have run out the first K or first three or four K at that goal pace, and um, clearly it was unrealistic and would have paid the price later. So the fact that I didn't have pace visible on my watch, um, it, it, I was just running because that's what the conditions allowed me to do. It just allowed me to run at 250 watts, but it just meant that um, in Kona, 250 watts is 440 to 450 K. Whereas back home in New Zealand, 250 watts or 260 watts is 430 per k, or you know 425 per k. So um, it it just allows you to take the conditions and the terrain out of the question and just run purely to what your body's allowing you to run at. <clears throat> mm. um, and also the first thing I noticed is the first probably five or six hundred meters I was running at 290 watts. I'm like, well, this isn't going to last. So I had to really focus on slowing myself down. Mm. Um, and I just think in, in, in other races, you know, where I have had a back end of the run has fallen apart a bit. Maybe I have been running out too fast um, and pushing too hard. And uh, and I think pacing, you know, I probably have underestimated it a bit in the past. So mm. that was that was actually really interesting to see that in in real time um, mm. how that can be affected. So, um, sort of final questions for you would be, <clears throat> you know, if it's the tenth, tenth, not the tenth year you've been there, but the tenth sort of anniversary since the first time you've been around the course, have you noticed it changed much um, in terms of the race over there and also the the standard of trying to qualify? Um, so, how has that sort of panned out for you and, and the, the whole experience, and how has it sort of differed? Um, it's it's still a difficult race to qualify for. Um, for obviously in New Zealand, in Australia, it's it's tough because we have limited races, but and that hasn't really changed much. There's still the same sort of people here racing. I think I don't think the level of the top age groupers has changed a great deal. The those the top age group had headed 8:55 yesterday, and I think in the past sometimes they've gone 8:40, 8:45. So mm-hmm. so they're always around that around that time. But um, the actual event itself is feels like it's changed quite a bit. There's a lot more of a commercial aspect to it with you know, the sponsors having um, installations along the course. Um, so it's sections along the – I mean, the, the sections along the drive were crazy. It was so packed. It was really cool. with massive crowds, and that was a great vibe, great atmosphere. But then there were also parts along the Queen K where some of the sponsors like Base, um, Base Salts or Hot Shots and Cliff were able to put installations up, which um, Cliff, for example, gave us out these massive – um, cold sponges and they were just amazing they were huge sponges, huge cliff bar sponges um, and that I hadn't seen that level of commercial interaction within the race itself in the past other than the, the race sponsors products at the A stations they were actually outside the A station areas mm. um, and that was that 
I mean, that was kind of cool, and because obviously we needed the sponges, but it was quite different to where 2007, when you were very much, it was just you and the A stations, and there was nothing else there. Um, so it's really got a, a, a different feel to it now. But, um, you know, I, th- I think it's added a lot more to it. You feel like you're at the Super Bowl when you're running along a lead drive past mm. Lava Drive. It was, it was cool. It was mm. awesome. Um, and I love it for that. It's a great race for that. Um, mm. But, you know, it's, it's still the same people are here. The same volunteers are still here. And, you know, that's, that's, that's awesome. They just keep coming back year after year. So it was, it was good. So um, what's on the, the radar next for foot traffic and yourself? Oh, this is a tough race. Eh? I don't know if I can. <laughs> I think I said that every time and I don't think I can come back here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this was a real battler. Eh? And, I, and I thought, geez, I've, had, I've been lucky to get away with three reasonably good races. I'd hate to come here and have an absolute blowout. Um, yeah. So... I don't know if I'll come back here again. I, I'll definitely come back and watch. If I have athletes racing here, which I'm hoping to next year, um, we'll have a few athletes here again. So I'll, uh, I'd like to come back and, and watch them. Um, I actually had a few athletes racing this year, and the original plan was to watch, but then I got a bit of bit of FOMO, and I thought I'd rather come and race. So <laughs> I've got that out of my system now. Nice. But um, but we'll just head into the New Zealand domestic season, and uh, we've got a big big group doing Ironman New Zealand and uh, the 70.3 race races and um, I might go and do the Sprint Try Worlds or something in Gold Coast. Fantastic! <laughs> come down, come down to Christchurch and qualify in Christchurch in my race in December, in November. I I actually intend doing that. I'm Excellent. looking forward to that race. Excellent. <laughs> good, guys. You can check out Rob Dallymore at Foot Traffic and for you Kiwi athletes. And Rob, uh, thanks for coming on the show again. And nice work. And go and uh, enjoy your big breakfast. Yeah. Thanks for having me, John. Cool. <laughs> See you, mate. Sponsor Athlinks.com. I want to tell you what if you race code and you know what you do today? You go to Athlinks.com, you put your result in. Get your bloody results in there. Yeah. It's I I go into Athlinks and I look for athletes and I'm just going, why haven't you got all your results in there? For God's sake. <laughs> it's just and then, and then I'm trying to guess what year did they do this race? And this is sometimes athletes that I coach uh, you know, if I haven't been coaching them for that long and I've got some results in there but I haven't got their numbers, I'm thinking, Well they did, did this race a few years ago and that and I've and I and they don't have the power files and I just want to see the times. So help your coaches out as well. Exactly help your coaches. And your friends and it's actually uh, quite a cool thing if you you're trying to you know, work for a new coach because if you've got a new coach and you could say, oh, you know, because where are you if you're training? Go look. You know what? Here's my athletes profile. Here's my history as an athlete. Really helpful. Oh, really helpful because really. a coach, you know, a good coach should really be trying to design programs based on your ability. And mm. if you can show a history of racing, mm. you know, and long term, because it can show if you're actually progressing in your journey or if you actually start to regress, then that's really valuable information. Mm. So, um, so get your athletes profile. If you haven't got it up there, most, you know, a, most if not a lot of the Ironman races and challenge races are going to be up there. So it is a case of just creating identity, going and finding the years that you've done the results. If they're not there, link them up and they'll, uh, they'll get them up there. Pull all your results in and you just have everything in one place. So check it out, athlinks.com. Athlinks.com. Okay, let's get back to the interviews. Righty-ho, team. Um, we hear from some athletes on the show who kill it out there some who have average days and some who have uh, some struggles out there and you've heard about my struggles uh, on the Kona course um, today's Andy Sloan he uh, didn't quite get his pants pulled down because that is when, you're, <laughs> when your run is slower than your bike but he got pretty close uh, so Andy welcome along to the show yeah cheers mate thanks for that lovely introduction 
<laughs> look, you, you obviously tore it up out there on the bike course. You rode a rode a four fifty. You know, maybe just tell us a bit about yourself, where you've come, how you qualified, and uh, and I believe it's your second time racing over there. Yeah, that's right, mate. Yeah, so I'm well from from Weymouth in uh, Southwest England. Uh, qualified for Kona through Wales last year. Um, that was a bit of a um, a funny one in itself, is because I, I basically I, well I live in Weymouth. They had Ironman Weymouth there obviously last year, so I tried to qualify there, and I was I was doing great. I was like second until like about 10, 11 miles in the bike in, in the run, sorry, and then just my, my stomach went, and that was that was I finished, but it was not fun. But then. I was pissed off that I didn't go to qualify, so I went to Wales the following weekend and, and just had like my best race ever. Um, and so I booked, booked my ticket for Kona, um, and yeah, that was that was one that got me there. And then uh, yeah, obviously been out on the Big Island now for for uh, a bit more than a couple of weeks, I think, and uh, got it done yesterday, just about. <laughs> yeah. So it was your second time over there. You know, what did you learn? How did the first time go? And what did you learn this time around that you wanted to go out there and, and try to execute? Well, I, uh, I'm i a hell of a lot better than I was um, when when I came out before. Is is you know, I'm, I'm you know, a lot stronger across the board, really. Um, and looking at my bike position, there's a, there's a photograph from my bike like you know, out on the Queen K from last time. Um, and it looks like I'm sat on a bus. Uh, so <laughs> I've, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've put a fair amount of work into like equipment selection. Obviously, you know, I, I train pretty hard and consistently. Um, and uh, you know, I knew it was going to be hot and everything, and and hard. And it was 2012. I did it, and that was, I think, uh, you know, one of the toughest years recently. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it was hard. I mean, although I. As it as it turns out, I was actually about ten or twelve minutes quicker when I did it in 2012 than, than I was yesterday, despite mm. my bike being about half an hour quicker this time around. So, so we'll work that one out. <laughs> yeah. So so tell us, you know, in terms of your race strategy, you know, you you rode a 450, which is a fantastic time on the on the bike course. Um, we know the conditions well; they were really favourable for the pros, but it sounds like it got a bit tougher for for the age groupers. But what was your strategy? Were you just uh, working off numbers? Were you just going for it, um, or, or you know, how how did you sort of play it out on the um, on the bike course? Yeah, well, I mean, biking's yeah, biking's my strength really. Um, and but you know it's literally it's the, the first kind of training ride I had out here I had nothing in my legs and my heart rate sky high and I think just dealing with the heat I, I just I couldn't deal with it from day one really um but then my legs started coming good the the last few days and and the, the plan basically was on 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 race day was to get out of the swim whereabouts I got out, which is about 102, I think it was, which was which was fine. Um, and then to, well, I had two. I was kind of going to play it by ear either because I I, I I don't didn't want to get caught in like packs and everything. I didn't want anyone sat on my ass for the time either. Mm. So it was either, either going to be a case of give it some beans for like the first half hour or so, and then get some clear road, or to literally just kind of settle in and, and then hammer it on the way back. But as it turned out. Um, I literally mounted my bike uh, out of, out of T1, and I just felt carbon on concrete. Um, and my tire, had, my rear tire, had somehow managed to go down. Um, yeah, so I kind of straight away then was like, oh shoot. Um, so I had to spend sort of like, 
you know, four, five, six minutes, whatever it was, fixing that. Um, literally just after the mount line. Um, and then, you know, that might have been a blessing in disguise, to be honest, because then I was like, you know what, let's just get on with it and get it done. And so I, I basically held steady power at like, probably about 20 watts less than I, than I could typically hold like comfortably in, in England mm. um, up to Harvey and and yeah I was feeling good I, I literally spent the whole time just going past packs of people which was great and you know there was no one kind of able to sit on which was good and I about another kind of 10 miles I suppose it took up to about 70 miles and I was holding holding the same sort of power and feeling good and then I started getting a little bit of cramp um, and then I took one of those hot shot things and uh I just felt horrifically sick for like 20 minutes, but luckily, but, but the cramp did go. Yeah. But I just felt awful. Um, and then it was a case of right, you know, I just, you know, drop down 10, 15 watts and then, and then cruise at home. Um, so I just, yeah, I held, I held it pretty steady. I mean, my, my VI was something like 1.05, which wasn't too bad. Um, but intensity factor was 0.74, I think. So well within myself. Mm. Um, and yeah, yeah, I had a, had a pretty strong ride, really. It was it was good, but but again, you know, for the power I was putting out, my heart rate was sky high. It was probably twenty beats a minute higher than than it would yes. be normally back home. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's uh, and that's been yeah uh, yeah. So that was quite tough, but um, I think yeah. So I think my body found it harder than than my legs did. Yeah. Now, so you rode four fifty with a with a puncture as well so obviously it would have been closer to sort of 445 um yeah it was yeah it was yeah i'm a garment i think yeah 446 and again that was you know it was well within myself i think yeah. you know um yeah, yeah i was happy i was it was on target you know my, my target yeah. was to swim under an hour and five you know get on the bike within about an hour and five which it did um get off the bike after about 445 which would have been about right um nice. And then, and then to run about you know three fifteen, three twenty five, which which I did for the um, first three fifteen to three twenty five of my four and a half hour run. Mm, <laughs> mm. Yeah. So running like that does um, when you've got the ability to run, you know, an hour plus quicker is um, is no fun as as we all know. So, what did you do out there to to keep yourself going, and and what sort of happened to to, to make your pace slow so much off what you wanted to be running? Uh, it, it's just the heat, like, um, I mean, it's the same for everyone, obviously, but like, it's just savage, you know, coming, you know, some, I think some people deal with it better, um, you know, cause you know, there's British guys who obviously did, did well and ran well, you know, like Charlie Penning ran like, uh, 305 or 306 or something. He's, you know, he lives in England as well and, and some others ran well, but you know, for me, I, I just don't seem to be able to deal with it too well. And, you know, my first. I was looking at my splits and my first mile was like 735 which which was and that was feeling like a sprint and then my second mile was like 12 minutes something you know I, I just remember being sat down on a lead drive like with my just my head on like some barrier and just cooking mm. I was like oh yeah uh, oh, it's, oh and, and literally it was just just wanted to bail out the, like the whole time and I was like you know what just just get moving, get to the next next day stage, you know, get there. And it's like, you know, ice, ice down the top, you know, head in a bucket of water, get some fluids in. Um, and yeah, that was, that was, yeah. I, I, I generally, it was one of those where I was going to bail out um, yeah. very close to it. And, you know, I, I actually on the run bumped into and, and actually ran with a, 
a, I'd say a buddy of mine now I've, I've raced before and I've kind of met over here um, and he's like come on just keep going mate got to get it done and he was he wasn't having the greatest of times either and so I did a, did a bit of time with him until I couldn't couldn't carry on with him anymore and then just coming out of the energy lab I met some some bloke called Jeff from I think it was Everyman Jack was his try team or so and he'd he'd, uh, he, uh, he'd actually been hit about seven weeks ago by a car so he was just happy to be there but he was he was struggling as well and we ended up kind of doing the doing the last seven miles together just kind of you know running between the a stations and stuff and having a bit of banter and that so that was right but it, yeah at that point it's just a case of you know what you get the finish line get get a medal from a kid and uh yeah. and uh just draw a line under it really <laughs> so what's the feeling like the day after you know it's only been probably you know, um, half a day or so since you, since you've done it. You know, what's what's the motivation like at the moment to actually go out there and uh, redeem yourself, or is it still just dealing with it? Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, you know what, I'm I've got I've got little interest in coming back here um, anytime soon. Certainly, you know, initially, I don't know, a few days, I'm thinking, right, you know, I'll go to Wales again next year and and uh, and try and qualify and come back in 2019 because my my coach he um, He's on like coming and doing that as well, and I was like, yeah, I'll go and do that. But you know, I've, unless I can, you know, you know, spend six months living here, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the result will be too much difference to be honest. Because, as I said, it's just that heat just absolutely killed me. Um, and you know, it's, it's a long way to come, and you know, a lot of money to spend to, to you know, to you know, walk a marathon, like you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I mean, the plan at the minute isn't to do an Ironman next year. I think I'll, uh, you know, I had a couple of good 70.3s this year. So I uh, I might well hit a bit, bit of that next year and, and maybe look at qualifying for Nice, which is uh, nice. 2019 World Championships. Yeah, because, you know, I've raced the Ironman Nice a few times. I love it over there. And and I'd, uh, yeah, I'd quite like to go and do the 70.3 over there at some point as well. So I might do that for 2019. And any any plugs in terms of uh, anybody who helped you get over there, or training mates, or anybody you've been rooming with, or anything like that that had great races? Yeah, so well, my uh, my coach Will Newbury, he's um, he's he's good as gold. You know, I got you know, I think it's you know, like you love your athletes, like you know, it's it's so important to have a you know have a good relationship and and hundred percent trust in in who's coaching you. And yeah. you know, I've got that with him, which is fantastic. Um, you know, obviously my, you know, I've had my family come out of me, you know, wife and a one-year-old and a four-year-old and, you know, my wife's mum and her sister and her fella and uh, my tricolour back home, Busting Skin, they're always, uh, yeah, they're always real supportive and, and just everyone back home is, you know, they're all, they're all kind of, uh, it's, it's one of those and everyone's like, oh, you know, you yourself, you yourself will feel, yeah, you haven't done so great, but people still tell you you've done amazing and everything. Um, and it's, 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 it's it, yeah, it's nice. It's good to know you got that support and that back home, really. Well, commiserations um, on the <laughs> run. I, I know the uh, I know the feeling, and um, hopefully you can find some good positives, and you're still enjoying the uh, enjoy some a few days of R and R, and enjoy all the good things about the Big Island, and go and uh, party hard tonight. Yeah, man. Well, we're going to uh, we're going to find some dolphins and a volcano tomorrow, I think. So uh, let's see, see how we get on that. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, guys, you've heard from some of the athletes today. Um, some had great races, some had uh, not so great races, um, and you've heard Bevan and I talk about what we sort of saw out there, but we also had the uh, the stalker over there stalking people, the grinder over there grinding people, and Ian Wood being a third wheel, so we had a few spectators <laughs> from Christchurch out there. and So that's the grinder cackling away there. Welcome back to the show, Chrissy. How are you doing? Hi, John. Good, thank you. 
Right. So what was what was your guys' plan to go over there, and who who sort of came up with this idea of going over and watching uh, Kona, having all you guys been over there for the uh, seventy point three and and Epic Camp Light over there? Well, it was Stalker's idea because she wanted to get as many um, a pe- photos with as many pros as she could. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she said, I need a couple of partners in crime. So obviously, Ian, her husband, came along and Trusty Grinder also tagged along. And we also wanted to watch the world. We've watched it online for so many years, but we actually wanted to be here to wa- actually watch the Ironman and enjoy all the festivities of race week, which I think we've managed to achieve. <laughs> yeah, I've got to say, um, Zania did an exceptional job of getting a lot of uh picks with with pretty much all oh, the, yes. she probably got the whole the whole podium i'd say maybe not patrick lang but um i think i saw pictures of her with everybody else yeah probably just about i was i was volunteering that day volunteering. Well, she was volunteering that day she managed to get most of her photos she said so so what, what, what did you guys um think of experience over there you know you've all done races in, in all corners of the world um what was it like sort of being on the other side of the fence and watching and and did it sort of deliver to what you wanted or or, or in terms of yeah. your expectations or yeah fully delivered it's like a big iron man but on steroids like the amount of stuff that's on and it's like everyone from the industry is there and there's pros from all years of the sports the year i mean you're walking down the street and like oh my god that's um dave scott or like i went to the gym a few days ago and dave scott was in there lifting his weights and i was and there's industry giveaways like you go everywhere and they just like there's free stuff sponsored talks just everywhere and it is also full of the most fit people i've ever seen collectively in one place in my whole life so yeah it kind of sort of was what we expected but maybe even a wee bit better. And, and you guys went to the Slow Twitch party. And, uh, yes. This, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, that was that was fun. It was kind of busy. There was quite a few athletes there, so it was sort of a bit sedate. But the athletes all left, and we hung around as well because they brought out a new keg <laughs> 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 of beer. <laughs> so we got hold into that because we had to celebrate because Stalker won a set of Vision Carbon race wheels in the raffle. So we had to drink some beer to celebrate that. So um, that was a fun night. I don't think there was anyone really famous there. There was Dan Empfield, obviously, was there. And who else was there? I can't even remember who was at that party. It was mostly athletes. There wasn't anyone too famous. And there was no pro athletes or anything there. That's a pretty decent yeah. prize to win a, win, a, win, a, win a set of race wheels. Was that it's the a top very prize? Decent prize? Yes. Uh, no. Oh, there was a, a diamondback mountain bike, but who wants that? Exactly. Like, right. bear off with carbon race wheels. <laughs> now, and one of the other things I know you guys went and did, and and I was almost uh, being brought in as, as phone a friend, um, was the quiz. I've never heard about yeah. this quiz before, so tell us a bit about the quiz, where it was, who was organising it, and, and how it all sort of panned out. Well, it was organised by Triathlete Magazine. Zarnia, a stalker, just saw it on Facebook, so we thought we'd go along. Um, it was upstairs at Humpy's, which is just along from Lava Java, about mm-hmm. two doors along from Lava Java, sponsored by Triathlete Magazine. So the quiz was it was rounds of um, teams. We decided we'd be Team Epic Camp, and yes. there was about nine nine or ten teams there. Unfortunately, Torsten turned up and his own team, so we thought, oh, well, we're never going to win since he was there. Um, 
And the questions were, there was five rounds, and it was triathlon through the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. Yeah. Um, so we didn't do too badly. But anyway, Torsten won, of course, but yeah. he wasn't allowed since he writes for Triathlete magazine. <laughs> the, guy that, the, guy, the guy that was second was this older guy who had done 227 Ironmans. You need oh. to get him on the show. So I couldn't believe it. And he knew everything about triathlon because he'd obviously been doing it since it, its inception. Yeah. And then we actually got third. Um, so that wasn't too bad. And I did win a prize from the old guy because he wanted to know what the world record was at Roth and I was able to answer it correctly. So I didn't think we'd do too badly. So by proxy, we were kind of second team. So, yeah, um, But it was, it was good fun. Um, they gave away free socks and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of fun. And um, I know you guys did a bit of volunteering, so tell us how that sort of works and what you guys ended up doing. Uh, I'll pass you to Stalker because I didn't actually do any volunteering because I forgot to send the thing to the organiser, but I'll pass you over to Zarnia Stalker because she did. Hi, John. Hello. Now tell us about your uh, volunteering. I know you said to my lovely wife, Belinda, that I think you were going to be, or at least one of the things you were doing was uh, catching people between 10 and 12 or something like that at night. Uh, so did you end up doing that? What else did you end up doing? And what sort of shape were in people if you were doing that catching role? Uh, well, I actually did uh, first day of registration as well. So that was on Tuesday. Yeah. And that was from uh, 8 till 2.30 p.m. So mm-hmm. they gave us a briefing on how it was going to work. And then the athletes started coming in. Well, actually, there was a queue mm-hmm. uh, f- at 9 o'clock and they closed the doors at 2. So um, I was actually in the VIP line, would you believe? Nice. <laughs> so I got to escort the pros that turned up that day to their registration desk and um, then chatted to a lot of the athletes who were queuing up just to make sure everything was done in an orderly manner. So that was quite good. I spoke to a lot of um, athletes, and there was a lot of legacy athletes there that day as well. And then one thing I also noticed, um, at registration briefing, they said they randomly selected race numbers for drug testing. So approximately every five minutes, an athlete was taking past me off to drug testing. And yeah, that, this is age group. Happy. This is age groupers. This is age group. This is age group. Yeah. Nice. So some didn't look too happy, but uh, yeah. And then there were pros taken away, of course, as well. Um, Laura Sedell, who yeah. bases herself down in Christchurch, she said to me after <laughs> going in that she had to sit there for an hour and wait. Actually, so it took her by surprise that it was so busy. So yeah, yeah good to see. Good to see. Nice. And, and did you end up doing the catching role? Yes, we did that last night. So Ian and I did um, from 8 till midnight, and it was amazing. It was really good. We actually got to um, – you just queue up in pairs, and as people come across the finish line, you put the towel over and escort them through to the pier where they get their food and medal and stuff. So, yeah, and it was awesome. We, uh, I think we caught two Kiwi women, which nice. was great. And then we also actually caught the man who – had done 227 Ironman races, and now he's done 228. Fantastic. So that was a bit of a privilege. To, and um, we'll have to find out his last name because I haven't found it yet, but you need to get him on the show. He's a really nice man, and I'm pretty sure he's got some great stories to tell. Excellent. Well, before you hand me back to the grinder, any, any other sort of big highlights for you of the week other than getting pretty much every picture with every, uh, every pro you could uh, <laughs> lay your eyes on? 
there's some from Friday night that <laughs> are not posted yet. <laughs> we right. managed to score uh, tickets to the Thank God We're Not Racing Party at Huggo's, and uh, yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so there's a few from there, um, Ferris Elsa Sultan, and yeah. um, actually um, oh, a couple of other people. I'll post those later, though. But um, yeah, uh, highlight of the week. Um, would be winning the race wheels nice. <laughs> at the slow twitch party. That was pretty awesome. And um, actually yesterday, even though I was feeling slightly um, uh, tired from the night before, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, yesterday was good, but it was it was really hot. And actually, I was I was quite surprised at the amount of people that were walking because we stood at the mile one marker and mile so it was mile one, mile nine on Alihi mm. Drive, yeah. and the amount of people that were walking. At, at the one mile mark was amazing. I couldn't wow. believe it. So, but yeah, it's uh, we've been here in June before, yeah. and October yeah. is so much hotter. Um, yeah. I'm, well, I'm not, probably not as fit as I would have been yeah. <laughs> in uh, previous times. I think I think that helps if you're a lot fitter. But um, yeah, no, um, yesterday was just awesome. I I really enjoyed it, um, and it, it was it was great to see. And it was great to see a lot of the pros looking knackered as well. Gosh. <laughs> Because other races, you see them and they don't, you know, they're obviously not working, you know, well, they're well, working hard, but, uh, you know, it was really nice to see a lot of them struggling out there and fighting for it. So it's really good to see Jan Fredino finish after having yeah. um, back spasms. Um, it was really good to see him running down Alihi Drive and, and actually finishing the the race for the day. Um, good respect for him too, yeah. Excellent. I'll, I'll go back to the, the grinder and you can get back to your packing and uh, we'll see you back in Christchurch shortly. Oh, oh, yeah, we've got another week in Honolulu. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need a recovery week after this week. It's been full on. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. You enjoy yourself. Okay. Thanks. Bye, John. Bye. So, uh, Chrissy, before you, before you go, Chrissy, um, I, yeah. I know that somebody put in, in your training program a few bike rides to go, but you've, have you been too injured to do those, or were you able to go out and experience any of the bike rides around Kona that you hadn't perhaps done yet? Oh, I wasn't able oh, – um, I couldn't even sit on my saddle uh, comfortably. I, sh- um, I took my bike with me, but it was still agony to sit on the saddle and get on off my bike because I basically, my bike was still clipped to me when I crashed. And anyway, I felt like I'd given birth to a baby elephant for the first two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> oh <dear. laughs> um, so I actually got on my bike three days ago. So I did that that new high we down towards Captain Cook. Yep. Yeah. I think it looks like the road looks quite new. You just keep going down Elite Drive. Mm. I didn't get as far as a captain, the turnoff for Captain Cooks. And then this morning I just went along the Queen Quay and I can't climb yet really. It's too painful on my hip. So um, I did go along the Queen Quay and then down to Kiahu and back along. So no, I didn't get the chance to do half of the rides that I wanted to do, which is a real shame. But that, because that's quite new, that road. It is, yep. So if anybody's listening and you you do go over to Kona, um, everybody heads out on the Queen K, but if you head the other direction and you go all the way down Ali'i and then you keep going, uh, you come up to a a little shopping mall, you turn right, there's a nice new stretch of road that Mm. takes you all the way up to a highway, so it's it's got a nice little kick at the end of it. So um, anything else you saw this week that um, you wanted to share in terms of things that people, if they're spectating, might, uh, any recommendations you've got and, and any top places that you've been to um 
Well, I'd say if you want to see the swim, I think you need to be down there at 5am when everyone's there for body marking because it's actually impossible to see anything and it's absolutely jam-packed there. Um, anything I'd say? Uh, nah, you got to do all the usual things. Go to bre- go watch Breakfast with Bob. Um, we went a few mornings and you sit in there, there's free coffee and breakfast and it's, it's really cool to actually watch that up close and personal and his interview guests are more than happy. So that's where Stalker got most of our photographs. Yeah. And um, most of the pros, the pros are actually really lovely and really friendly. I would still can say that it's the serious age groupers are the ones that seem to walk around looking quite aggressive and pent yeah. up, whereas the pros seem quite a bit more relaxed and open and friendly. Um, I guess, well, that's what they have to do is take a well, little pictures and stuff but they all seem a little bit more chill than the yeah. age groupers would be my observation Excellent. i'd heard that but i would say that that's definitely the truth <laughs> oh fantastic for you guys have a good time over there and uh we'll yes. look forward to hearing from you guys uh sometime soon we'll see you back in christchurch we'll do thank you john see you later. winger of the week very quickly, wearing of the week because I do want to. Uh, I thought we'll definitely do thirty uh, third place for for wanger of the week. Um, because oh, of course, it was it's, it's pickable. pickable. It, it was Kona week, and I also would say I had it in front of me just before Bevan. What? Oh, here we go. So um, no, now it's gone. What, the oh, well, I was of the checking week? out um, Rob Gray. Actually, this is on a. He had the managed to get the highest speed of the week, and I was going. That's dubious. 101 kilometres. 101 kilometres. Okay, that is dubious, but? 103, actually. But then I went and actually looked where he did it, and he did it on this road where I got up to about 90-ish last year without really cranking it. Oh, it's wow. a new road um, in coming down from sort of the Captain Cook area back down into to Kehoe. And so I'm a little bit less suspect about that, 101. Also, Joe Coombe, who I interviewed last week yep. for pre-race, she hit 63.7 kilometres somewhere out there in Kona. So well done to you guys. But 33rd place, uh, you can share your position with Denny Chevron, who finished 33rd male overall, was Paul Moore from Australia. Paul knows how to give it more. Yep, did uh, 12 hours, 24 minutes training. Nice work, Paul. Jeez, jeez you've got to do a lot of training in our group, don't you? You do. You know, to get 33rd, you're doing 12 hours. Yeah, there you go. We're a hardcore bunch of people, aren't we, Jombo? Yeah. Uh, we're legends, that's why I'm talkers. Okay, Jombo, questions and answers. This is really just a bit of a summary of the athletes we interviewed last week. So we had a number of age groupers on uh, over there, and Jo Coombe, who I've just mentioned, uh, she was from Australia, third time over in Kona, said it was a perfect race. Mate, oh, I'm stoked. Oh, awesome. Nikki Rose, who was the legacy athlete and mother of six, race went really well, loved it, was very grateful to have the experience of Kona. Not a great time, but paced myself all day so I could finish in 14.50. So we'll, um, with prep being what it was, I'm super happy. Great. And she had uh, some really big challenges uh, before the race as well, as did Rory six Duckworth. <laughs> yeah, that's a big enough challenge in your life. Uh is Rory Duckworth? I don't know, he he had the blood clot and, and was was really struggling to just oh, to wow. get to the to the start course. Um, with every, and he didn't manage to finish unfortunately. With everything that has gone on the last three months, I was uh, I was pretty happy. And then Greg Palmer, who uh, Penner Penner, he uh, he was a guy from from Canada that uh, former strong mountain biker I think it was and uh, had stomach issues on the bike, got a drafting penalty, <sighs> but saved himself, ma- that managed to save himself for the run. And I looked at his results, and uh, he came through the field very nicely on the run. So uh, where is he? Let me just pull this up. 
Give, give me a, give me a second, Bevan. Okay, give, give me a second. A second. Greg Penner finished in ten hours, forty minutes, and forty nine. Finished one hundred thirty seventh out of two hundred fifty four, fifty two in the male forty to forty four. He was two hundred forty fourth of the swim, the one hour twenty five. And I remember him saying he had to teach himself how to swim. Uh, and then he uh, managed a five thirty eight on the bike. That was only one hundred ninety seventh in the age group. You ride a five thirty eight, and you're only one hundred ninety seventh. And then uh, came home with the twentieth fastest age group run in his age group oh, well uh, with a 3.24 so nice work Greg and then we had Michael Fox who we talked about earlier Michael Fox was uh, the pro athlete so I think he'll be a little bit disappointed with his day um, but still you know good experience and uh, achieved his number one objective which was to come out with the main group in a swim and uh, and then uh, I'm sure he'll be back to fight another day one other thing I wanted to do Bevan you, go, you were about to say something or you do your thing and you'll do mine um, we didn't mention any of the fastest age groupers overall so the fastest female age grouper was Emily Longhan in 9 hours and 44 minutes she finished 22nd female overall next was Alison Rowett in 9.58 so pretty comfortable victory there for Emily uh, and she finished 28th overall and 29th overall was uh, 30 seconds back Katrina Ampska, uh, Aptkar Nielsen. I should have just <laughs> forgotten that middle name. Yeah, yeah. And then what? I, what was interesting on the guys' side of things, uh, and also the girls, is the the age groupers seem to have much more difficult conditions on the bike than the pros. And the age group male times in particular were not that fast overall compared to what we have seen in the past. So we only had two guys that went sub nine hours. And sometimes we see, you know, a lot of people going sub nine hours. And when you think that the pro men set course records and the and Daniela Reef was not that far off the course record, it really shows how the conditions can change very quickly over there. So Christian Holt in the thirty five to thirty nine was first in eight fifty five and second was Lars Peter Stormo uh, in eight fifty nine and third was Martin Kurt Handoff in nine hours and forty three seconds. So really surprising that only three guy, only two guys went under under nine hours. Wow, it really shows it was a pretty tough day out there. Mm, which is interesting. We got the record then. Mm. You know, but the wind definitely picked up between the okay. between the male pros and the male and the female pros, and then it looked like it picked up even more for the uh, for the age groupers. So, John, just thinking ahead to next year, I think it's exciting. We've got a new. It's kind of got a new era coming yeah, through. Yeah, we have. Although we're going to have Gomez there next year, probably. You know, we may even have a Brownlee. Possibly. Yeah, it's a very, very much possibly, but it's a possibility I'd love to have. Mm. Is Frodo past it? Yeah, I, I don't think so. But uh, you know, have we seen the last time him winning it there? You know, like it's it's next year's a really fascinating year, isn't it? It will be. You know, you got you have Langer coming back to repeat, and you just cannot count him out from anywhere. Lionel Sanders will be better for the experience um, in terms of he knows he can do it now, and he's he's really really close. Uh, and then you have got Keenlay that you can never write him off. So and plus with the new ones coming through. And throw Frodo into the mix. I'd still put my money on Frodo uh, any day of the week. Over Gomez? But, yep. Because yep. he's unproven yet. Yeah. Uh, so it could be fascinating, fascinating men's race. Girls' race, I mean, you, again, you've got some, some new names coming in there, but, you know, Daniela Reef's still nine minutes in front on a day where she said she wasn't feeling great and really had to fight for it. So I think that, you know, lots of new names coming through for, for being on the podium, but, God, can't see anybody getting Daniela Reef anytime soon. Okay, Jumbo, uh, let's wrap it up. It's, um, patrons. 
patrons are Murray the Holy Hammer Lapworth. Murray the Holy Hammer. We've got Adam Flipper Flip, Philby. And Liam Robotry Thin and Parry. Probably, sorry, Liam, probably pronounced your name completely wrong and you've told me what it is before, but I forgot. Liam? Liam? Mm. It's, is it Irish, is it? I think so. Yeah, Irish. We've got a coach, Anya. And the way they spell it, I'm like, how do you get on your out of that? <laughs> I wish you got some funny names. Okay, John, uh, sponsors. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. And extreme and endurance. Lactic buffer. And if you want to become a patron, go to www.iamtalk.me. And it's all pretty obvious. You can also email us at iamtalkpodcast at gmail. John Bo, your goss. That was just a big day of watching Kona. I've been in Kaiteri for the week, came back the day before and uh, had a big day in front of it, frustrated the family to no end uh, <laughs> and didn't get really get very much done during the day. So it was just good. One day a year, John. You're allowed one, one day. day. I know. You know. And we'll be back there next year. So if you are a patron of the show, you, you know, get on we'll get on board and be a patron of the show and you can join us over there next year and that's going to be, it's going to be a big year. It's going to be a big year with oh, Collins excited. Cup. I'm excited that we're there. And we're, we're two biggest events we're going to be there next year. Mm. Collins Cup camp. Yes, Camp Kiakaha, um, so we've still got spaces on that. I will also say, um, with the I Am Talk gear... Um, go. So... We, we pause and then I said go. So we have. <laughs> with our I Am Talk gear, it was great to see Pete Thor Thaus out there yeah, racing. Yeah, he's got a photo. Of, I won't put it on the website this week. I'll do it as next week's photo. Um, but you can get I Am Talk gear now. Uh, if you're spending over $50, free shipping worldwide on any orders over $50. So if you buy a pair of socks, you're not getting free shipping. But basically, if you buy a bike jersey or anything, then uh, you're into win. Pete was looking sensational out there. Oh, it's a great outfit. Lots of really John, I've got to say, because I've never had any of it, and I've got the Iron Talk pants, yeah. the shorts, and I didn't wear them on the camp because I... They, they couldn't come. They came late, didn't yeah. they? And I've been wearing them when I've been teaching lately. Oh my god! It's a whole new experience. Oh my god! It's unbelievable how the nappy bit's good. <laughs> the nappy bit. <laughs> the nappy bit is sensational. There you go. So, guys, if you want, <laughs> you want a good nappy bit. It's a Champion Systems gear, so we get really positive feedback about it. Uh, as I said, free shipping worldwide on orders over fifty dollars, uh, and it's only got uh, I think maybe one week left to run on that. So get in there, get some orders in. Look good in your AM Talk gear. Let's just clarify, I don't put it in them. Right. And they're not literally nappies. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't continent, have that. continent pads. Okay, guy. Um, what's my goss? My goss is I'm running really well. Good. Yeah, it's nice to run well. It is. You know, because I'm, I'm only running four times a week. So I'm, I'm doing one really easy light run and then I do three quality sessions because I do so much exercise outside of that. I don't really feel I need to do much more. But I'm, I'm just in that place where you've got your mojo. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to be running well. Mm. So. Follow me on Strava. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's it. I've got to get out of here, John. But let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia, Kia car. car.